Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 328 of Vigigame Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparez. Who else is joining me here in the mystical, magical, hurriedly cobbled together memorial studio of the airwaves? Overly defensive gun champion, Chris Antista. And... Cheap podcast co-host Matthew Allen. I'm not going to lie. It's a bad week. And part of the reason it's bad is because we're all recording remotely this week. Oh, um, I thought you were going to say the president and racism. Well, that too. That too. I I was trying to gently tiptoe around it and just, uh, you know, lampshade how terrible our audio quality is right now. (laughs) We're all recording from abroad uh, on a wing and a prayer. So you're going to hear. Except you. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm always abroad. That's true. That's true. But you have a professional studio setup. Whereas you're going to hear a lot of Matt breathing. See, (laughs) (laughs) but are we going to be able to talk about Metal Wolf Chaos? Can we just talk? We are going to be able to talk about Metal Wolf Chaos. A president we can all agree. Oh, let's party! Let's party! A president who loves video games and violence. (laughs) Oh man, did you see that trailer? The anime trailer. It's good. Uh, I have not. That's it's, an anime I can get on board with. Uh, oh. They do reference Richard and Let's Party in the trailer. Because, like, I know that game pretty pretty up and down, but, like, I, I just made myself feel really old. Because I edited, uh, I edited a video of it, like, how many years ago, Michael? Do you think um, that was? At, at least ten. We, yeah, we haven't worked together in seven years. So, like, uh, yeah, like, yeah, like ten years ago. So I kind of put up the third video of Metal Wolf Chaos... Like on the internet. Anyway, so I'll talk about that later. I'm old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, oh, man, I I love finally being able to play that game after years of uh, being fascinated by it and talking it up on this show. We finally can put my money where my mouth is, so to speak. But before we do that, we have a topic that, Matt, you actually wanted to do last week based around Shark Week, even though its connection to sharks is a little bit tenuous. Yeah, it's... uh... So just to show you guys a little bit of the process, quotation marks. Um, yeah, because it was Shark Week, I immediately went to, well, let's, let's get the top five game shark codes. And then I realized, like, that's almost impossible to do. Like, there's way too many codes and really, can you judge one against the other? Yeah, so. And was then anybody we just... that attached to the one device, the game shark? Yeah. And there it was felt, a... it felt like a big deal when I was a kid. Like, I never, I knew a few people who had one and I was always envious. I never had no, one myself. No, you use Game Genie or GTFO? There was a guy who worked at Game Shark who was a total asshat to me on Twitter. Fuck you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck Jeff at Game Shark. Uh, but no, so then it, so then we went, well, if it's not Game Shark codes, how about just top five cheat codes? That's something we haven't mm-hmm. done before. Ooh. And I think, I think cheat codes is great because we've talked about it on, on the episode I did about like things that we no longer have in games. They're not really around anymore because of a thing called uh, DLC, downloadable content. Why give players the ability to do cool shit in their game for free when you can charge them for it? I don't know about all of that. Not, like not all cheat codes are, were for, um, Characters, and that's the kind of thing that gets sold in DLC. But there, I think there's a bunch of weird modes that people don't use anymore. Like no one's paying. Yeah. No one's paying. Like I remember what the first game we streamed on the Laser Time Channel was like an end up like an, a WCW game where you could wrestle as horses with a coat. Like no, no one's selling that. <laughs> it's 
But it, it, well, but I want to know then. Okay, if they're not selling it, why did they go away? Because like some of that stuff was just really fun, and I you know, think, gave, I think as the game industry, enjoyment out of the game, as the game industry struggles to uh, evolve, well, one, I don't think players spend a lot of. I don't think a majority of players spend all that much time with any particular game. So putting in superfluous cheat codes like that they'll never ever see or use why why go to the trouble and as we talk about how to clean up um the what do you call it the workmanship of gaming uh as they as they try to get them to unionize and, and not exploit workers you can't spend a shitload of time doing something no one technically can find yeah well the yeah. thing with yeah. cheat codes is they were they were never really like put in after the fact is Easter eggs. They were ways for programmers and designers to crack open the game so that they could like, okay, I want to test this, but I don't want to die. I'll turn on the, the God code with, with this button combination. And they, they Upsy, were like, downsy, lefty, rightsy, and I can play around and put any object yeah. I want in Sonic the Hedgehog. Sometimes. Exactly. Not always, though. Like, back doors. Sometimes. But there are some things, like, I, I won't name a game, but I'm assuming we have, like, a big head mode code on our list or something. So that's what are you trying to test there? You know, are you trying to check the pixels when we, you we do have bigger? a we do have a big head code on, but it is a it's a sponsored entry from uh, the Rocco's Modern Life uh, movie coming to Netflix this this perfect <laughs> perfect. Is it live action? It has to be live action. No, no. That's Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey is the only live action character. In it, the do, it does contain the Nicktoons first trans character, which I am I I cannot believe what the world we live in right now. Hmm. So I, I I think you know when you were mentioning no one plays spends a lot of time on single games, Chris. Actually, I I kind of went the other direction, and I think I figured out one of the reasons is mm. there are certain games people spend a ton of time with, and yep. those are live service games, and those all connect to servers where you sort of have to have an equal playing field. Right. Because uh, I've I've been in I've been in game discussions before where it's like oh well we can't let one player do that because of the online stuff. Like, you can't, you know, you can't have that uneven playing field. Yeah. And so how do you account for one person entering a cheat code in their game when the other can't? Like, in a game like Destiny, where everyone's on, on servers together. But I think some of this stuff predates that. And I think in, what, I, what I've what i heard is like, okay, say, if you go to GameFAQs and look under the Cheats tab for a modern game, what are you going to find? Mm. You're going to find a list of achievements. And I think that more attention was put into achievements, huh. and rather than give players a way to crack the game open, we reward them for doing weird stuff or kind of going out of their way or collecting all these collectibles or whatever. And in fact, if I remember some of the earlier games that also had cheat codes would often turn the achievements off. Like GTA, like okay, yeah. yeah, you can spawn whatever right. car, but you're gonna, we're gonna turn the achievements off, whatever. And maybe that was kind of a pain to do. I don't know. Yeah, I, and then I think the other big reason that you guys already mentioned is like game development is so expensive now. Uh, I don't know if you try to break it down per minute of gameplay or whatever what it would be, but it's super expensive. And so, yeah, spending money on stuff in a game that not everyone will see and that you are purposely hiding until some people discover it, uh, unless you leak the codes to the press beforehand and all that. But, uh, yeah, maybe that's maybe that's another big reason why is the the execs from the big publisher are looking over your shoulder going, hey, what are you, what are you spending your time on there? And, so maybe yeah, cheat codes are just sort of a, a victim of that. I think I think I said it last April when you, if you want to feel the vibe of cheat codes in game in modern gaming, April Fool's Day is where like typically weird modes and big head shit comes back for like a day. Yeah, and I appreciate that. And yeah, this is like there, there are some weird 
ones out there, like, I think one that I looked at was, uh, remember Turok had not only big head mode, but also, like, pen and ink mode that, like, turned everything yeah. into just, like, a wireframe? Mm-hmm. That was so cool. Yeah, but, that, uh, that just became an app eventually. All that shit's just replaced by apps. It's like, oh, you want to yep. change the look of your head? Here you go. <laughs> Here, it's face app, and it'll feed all your information uh, to some sort of shady Russian. Yes, comrade. Please use yes. face app. Please to use face app. All right, but yes, we will. We will dive into the five greatest, most iconic cheat codes ever, according to us. Right after this, would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. But yes, we're at a party for my young cousin who is now leaving. My parents are there, my sister's there, and um, my mom disappears. She had her own car there, so we were thinking she was going home. And then all of a sudden, we, um, I'm talking to my cousin and my aunt, and a phone call comes in. There's like you know like 20 people here, mm-hmm. and she's like, "It's dad, oh, dad. What are you talking about? What? Oh my god! You know, we were making. I think we made fun of on this show like Nest and like uh, mm-hmm. those smart home devices, the Ring app, and all that stuff. Fucking yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Like no one, especially where they live, like out in the sticks with a bunch of other like like. Upper middle class white people. Right. Who the fuck is breaking in your fucking that's house? That's who that's for. Who the fuck is breaking in your house? What do you need to see? So apparently, Uncle John had called to tell us that, uh, hey, your Aunt Marcia has fallen down on the front step and is lying there and can't move. Oh and my So God. the doorbell camera thing, did. <gasps> I, I kept telling my aunt, this is the only thing this will ever do. Yes. This will ever do. Totally worth it now. And we run outside. We it, it, it was it was it's pretty horrible. Like it, like there is something that will always be traumatic about your parent lying on the ground. A hundred percent. And she's holding her phone, and you can see like her trying with her fingers in an odd position, like tr- like she called my dad, and of course this dip she, like doesn't know how to use his fucking phone. Oh. You can see her trying to grab my phone. Right. I'm like, I, am I Bucky? Is I, am I the one who was next yeah. to be called? She doesn't know anybody's number. She doesn't know how to save contacts. Yeah. So. Because uh, the uh, ring technology, yes, we have the video. Oh my god, you have the video. Oh my it's, god, it, I'm nervous. It is not. It, I I promise it's not as funny as I thought it would be. <laughs> okay, that's what I'm nervous about. That I'm going to laugh, and I thought it, I your thought, mom will hate me. She's not I a know. listener. <laughs> What's this? Get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just five dollars on Patreon.com/slash LaserTime. We're back to talk about what? Cheaters! Well, the codes that made us want to cheat. To would would there have been a G4 without cheaters? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was always more of an Icons fan, Cinematech, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but let's begin with... Number five. That's not the usual music. That's not the usual beam sound. Alright, what game is this? Metroid. Yeah, Metroid. And what code is this? Justin Bailey. 
Yes, Justin Bailey. Easy to remember because it's someone's name. Although apparently it wasn't. Like, if you look into this, they, there's no evidence that Justin Bailey was actually named for a person. It was just a random assemblage of letters that happened to unlock this thing if you put it in. All right, but it, it just brings me back to the fucking schoolyard where people were like, if you're ty- dude, you have Metroid? You ever typed in Justin Bailey? Gotta fucking do it, dude. Yeah. You gotta do it. Gonna, and, see, and, 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 gonna see you're naked. Since that was the way the cheat code was spread, unless you were like, uh, unless you were subscribed to a bunch of magazines, uh, the, Nintendo power. it was attached to a rumor that that said a fan won a contest, or I don't know. I think I may have heard something even more elaborate than that. Like one of the designers was named Justin Bailey. Yeah, I think I always get it confused with the code from was it Adventure where you got into the middle of the maze and it was the first hidden credit in a game where that actually was a developer. Well, if you've read Ready Player One or seen the movie, which will hit you over the head with this like five or six <laughs> times, uh, it's the first ever Easter egg. Warren Robinette's name hidden in the middle of Adventure's Maze if you knew how to find it. That, yeah. that, 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 I, I hate that I hate that scene in the movie. In a movie I don't really love, but that really is like video game trivia preschool. And yes. they, they, they operate 20 minutes around it. Like, dude, everybody yes. knows this. Like, you've explained it six times. You don't need games. to hammer it home again. Games have this thing called Easter eggs. Now, this is not when you die in egg multiple colors. Oh, no. Yeah, it's like more nefarious this 20 minutes ago. Our memories are not that bad. But yeah, Justin Bailey, Metroid. Justin Bailey, Metroid. Yeah, was was a strange Easter egg that, for a lot of people, I think, who who hadn't made it to the end of Metroid yet, this was Dude. how they found out Samus is a girl, really. Dude, nobody made it to the end of Metroid. Metroid was a very confusing game for people my age for mm. quite a while. Oh, yeah. And you had to do it without auto maps or things telling you where to go next. It was just basically like, yeah, just push against the boundaries of this maze and see what gives. That was the first Metroid. Yeah, this this black background screen looks very similar to this other black background screen because screen, uh, it was hard to find your way around that game, man. It really it, mm-hmm. it became it, it took until like Super Metroid that it was like, oh, okay, now I know where I am because the rooms look different from each other. Like, yeah, they look different. Plus, you had the map. Yeah, like the importance of that can't be overstated. But yeah, the Justin Bailey code. So what it did was it took Samus out of her armor, put her in, like, a, a purple leotard with with green hair clearly on display, and uh, she still somehow had a gun arm. She had, I think, the wave beam, but not the ice beam, so you couldn't just go straight to Mother Brain with that. You had to figure out where you were and where you needed to backtrack to. But uh, it, it was pretty cool, and it was it was also, like you mentioned when we were talking about this, like, wasn't that just a level skip code? Like, yes, partly. But, uh, and, and so it could be confusing if you didn't know your way around the game. It's like, wait, where am I? What have I already done? What am I supposed to do? Um, but it was still like, hey, look, Samus in a swimsuit. That's really cool. I, I will ask, and you can cut this out if it is on the list, Michael, but do we have another game on this list where you enter a name to skip into, uh, kind of a, a different mode of the game? We do not. So ah. let's bring that up. Yes, so in the original Legend of Zelda... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this was something done a lot on NES games, the secret name password thing. Yeah, yeah, and so if you if you entered... Um, God, was it Link or Zelda? I'm totally blanking it's right Zelda. now. It was Zelda, if you, yeah. If you enter Zelda as your name, it immediately took you to the Master Quest or, or the Second Quest second as quest, if you'd yes. beaten, the, beaten the game. 
or reshuffled things and made them a bit harder. I yeah. Think. I never got very far in the second quest. I didn't get far in there not because it was more difficult. It was because it wasn't necessarily different enough from the other game for me. I was like, oh, I've played through this already. But that's neat that I got the code to work. Well, isn't that, isn't that the thing with Justin Bailey's code? Is is it random? What do you mean? Is it random? Like, is it random what it does? No, like the, the password is just a, a random string of numbers. It just happens to spell Justin Bailey. Yeah, or, well, no, it's 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 just if you type in Justin Bailey and then the there are two lines. So first line Justin Bailey, second line just a bunch of dashes, mm-hmm. and. I think it's just that, like, yeah, certain random combinations will unlock things, and that's one of several names that will happen to unlock something if you put it in. Like, there are other ones, but none are as famous as Justin Bailey. Well, yeah, he's Justin Bailey. He's Justin Bailey. It's it's so easy to remember, you know, 30 <laughs> years later, we're all talking about Justin fucking Bailey, like he's yeah. a real person. But uh, since we're talking about name entry ones, uh, another one of my favorites was uh, Castlevania 3. Uh, if you put your name in as help me, help space me, it gave you 10 lives, which was really important, especially once you got to those later stages with the horrible, horrible checkpointing. Yeah, and also was a little bit... A little bit of a of a knock on the player from the devs. There's a little bit of a shot, like, "Oh, you need the extra help, do you?" Okay, well, yeah, now you're yeah, admitting yeah. defeat. Absolutely, but uh, Metroid, amazing game for its time. It's since been done better, but uh, Justin Bailey was still like, I, I think I think you could call this the genesis of like all that other stuff. Like when Tomb Raider came out, and there was the urban legend, like, "Oh, there's a nude code," and everybody's like, "Where's the nude code? What's the nude code?" and yeah, it's just like, I think it all started here. It's like, you can strip down a female video game character? What else can you do? Yeah, I think you're right. To the point where the Justin Bailey code in my mind, uh, for a while there, had just become, oh, that's the code if you want to see that Samus is a girl. Like, I hadn't even associated the fact that it's like, oh, well, it kind of, yeah, it takes you it, it takes you to the next as if you'd beaten the game. It was just like, oh, yeah, if you want to see Samus as, as a woman out of the suit, that's what the code you use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And, well, that's that's important to point out that, like, again, because, like, I, I forget. What year did Metroid come out? Like, 86? 85? Something like that. Like, I, there was no way. I couldn't figure out a basic RPG. There was no way me or any of my friends could get to the end of Metroid. So without this code, you never knew it was under Samus suits. Uh, anybody a little older, a little younger than me, they've always known what was under Samus's suit. This was kind of revelatory. And the only way you got to find out is because of JB. <laughs> yep, good yeah, old Jables. Good old Justin Thanks, Jables. Man, so I just looked it up, and it was August 6th, 1986. But interestingly, the very first shopping link, thanks, Google, is a, a Metroid, uh, like, Naked Samus body pillow. So uh, thanks, Google. Perfect. That's Perfect. great. <laughs> That's Metroid release date. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, someone is repeatedly searching for the release date of the Metroid body pillow. Apparently, I, it is. I guess so. It is skewed Google's algorithms, and <laughs> that someone was you, Michael. It's you causing that. Yeah, clearly. All right. Well, let's move on to number four. this fun-filled uh, afternoon on the town be that's that that can only be the cacophony caused by spawning a tank in grand mm-hmm. theft auto yeah grand theft auto 3 specifically uh, 
Yeah. And it can spawn a rhino tank and just go on a rampage being indestructible and, like, being a disaffected young man in, uh, 2001 when that came out, it was just like, sure, yeah, 2001. Here's a yeah, here's a chance to just vent all my anger on a fictional town full of uh, annoying idiots, and uh, the the tank was the ultimate way to do that. It's just like, yeah, let's flatten cars and uh, just blow random shit up and uh, withstand any police onslaught, and then go uh, grab a bunch of those badge floating things to lower the wanted level can, artificially. Can you remember, this is neither here nor there, but can you remember, was the tank accessible in like a mission, or is it just something that came after you? at like a level five wanted level it it was it was that it was something that came after you and it was possible to kind of go around the side of it and get the the driver to come out at which point you could kill them and then take over the tank so this is something it was it wasn't easy to do but you could organically get it i I I thought i did andreas had a military base where you could also get Tanks, oh yeah, like eventually. Yeah, that's true. But that was a big deal because I mean, beyond just the 3D and scope of GTA 3, I mean, that, tank was kind of something I, I didn't remember them being able to do with the top-down versions. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't play them enough to know that uh, to, for sure if there was a tank in there. But, but they so did, did. But you, you had to bounce your shots off the wall. It was ridiculous. How did? How did you? How do you? What, what's the code? That's what I, I. I remember. Four added the ability to do it through your phone. It's been that way ever since, right? Yeah, well, it was it was some horrible button combination that you had to put in really quick. I do remember a lot of L L ones and R ones. It, it involved the shoulder buttons a lot, mixed with I want to say the D-pad. so to get a rhino tank to drop from the sky, uh, enter circle 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 R one L two L one triangle circle triangle. Does it, is it? Am I crazy? Does it still still feel feel weird to this day saying PlayStation buttons out loud? <laughs> a little yep. bit. It's yep. it's it's one of my primary game systems, and I still have trouble like hit hit circle, and everyone's like circle. Like you've had the last three Playstations, you know where the circle button is. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's B. It's B it's on the, the Xbox, yeah. Yeah. yeah, or the A button if you're playing Switch. And you that like that feels weirder to me. The fact that they just swapped those two, mm-hmm. uh, and seemingly from system to system, because sometimes it feels I feel like it's one way, and then sometimes it's the other. But yeah, it sucks. Yeah. I never get it. If, if they're like, press the A button, I always get it wrong the first time. I'm like, oh, nope, that was the B button. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's also that they kept the, like, for years, I think Japan has been using what we've thought of as the B button to advance in menus. Yes. Whereas we push, push the A button on the bottom of the controller. But, like, the Switch kept that Japanese default, like... Uh, hit hit this button instead. So it's always a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, I mean, I always associated that with Final Fantasy games because it was always the circle button to advance. We still oh. live in defiance of Japanese ergonomics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this was great for going on a rampage. I don't. Could you actually summon a tank in GTA Four? I forget. I remember. Would I don't think I tried because of the whole Chivo thing. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't yeah, want yeah. to deactivate my Chivos. Yeah, I think because in Grand Theft Auto 3 and 4, I was trying to, um, I completed the game with no deaths, meaning I restart the game wow. when I die. Ah, okay. And Jesus. So I didn't want to take the chance. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, it makes no, I, I, I'm kicking the shit out of myself right now because I had so much fun with 5 when I'm just like, who cares? Die all you want. <laughs> there, the healthcare in GTA is yeah. amazing. Didn't yeah, 5 just let you swap characters if you were in the middle of a police chase with one yeah. so that you could be well, indestructible at that point? 
I, don't, I think I don't know that you could do it in the middle of like certain conflicts and uh, story scenarios, but mm. yeah, I think so. Yeah, 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 definitely, probably not in story missions. I was more just referring to just when you're dicking around in the open world. I seem to remember there were times where I'm like, I should not be able to do this. They should lock me into this character, but they didn't. Yeah. But, yeah. but I, I remember like GTA Five kind of removed a lot of the penalties for getting arrested. I think they just took a chunk of your money, whereas in previous GTAs, getting arrested was like you will lose all of your weapons, you will lose most of your money, uh, and you're just kind of set back to square one. Whereas it, it was almost better to, to die in those situations and just like, well, you'll you'll get out of the hospital having lost a chunk of your money. Although maybe you'd still lose all your all of your shit in GTA Three. I think you did. Three, I think you lost it. Four might have been the first one where you didn't lose all your weapons. I can't mm. really remember. Oh well. Uh, I just remember, like, we, we talked about how it, how complicated that code was. It was muscle memory to me after a point oh, where yeah. I could just do it, you know. And then I I seem to remember, uh, it might not have been three. It might have been one of the future games. They, Michael, you talk about grabbing the little the badges to reduce your wanted level. There were actually mm-hmm. codes to manually increase and decrease oh, your yeah. wanted level. So there I would just after GTA a while. Yeah, I would just after a while decrease my wanted level. I'd, I'd say, okay, I'm, I'm done playing target practice with helicopters in this tank, and then just do the code to get my wanted level back down to normal, and then yeah. do it all over again. Yeah, did that all the time. Like, I don't know how many people played Liberty City Stories. I but did. I remember, yeah, I one did. of my favorite things to do in that was to, I don't think you could spawn tanks, but you could spawn, like, the Trashmaster uh, garbage trucks. Those were, like, the biggest things. And so what I would do is I would spawn a bunch of them right on top of each other. And, uh, like, as, as you spawn things into the world, like, it starts to slow down uh, because the PSP and later the PS2 aren't really built to handle this many huge objects on screen. And because they're all in such close proximity, they start rubbing against each other. And eventually they will just catch fire and explode. And so it's this <laughs> massive, massive explosion of, like, 20 garbage trucks all stacked on top of each other and it was a like, literal garbage the fire very nice yes, very yes nice. absolutely wow yeah i i the thing i remember about the cars and i don't know when they stopped doing this but do you remember in earlier games they would have the the car theft missions where you know that's how you got the cars in your garage you could collect them and take them back but the way to improve the odds of certain cars being in the world where it was if you were driving that car you would see more of that car yes. yeah, it was yeah. so weird it was like, so what? infuriating because you would spend like 20 <laughs> minutes like with just a, a, a world populated by pieces of shit yeah and then all of a sudden it's like every <laughs> yeah. other guy has like the lambo and you're like well, damn it why is everybody in this part of town driving supercars all the time it's a little <laughs> unrealistic or Fagios. give me a real motorcycle <laughs> Uh, anyway, <laughs> on that note. Number three. I know you know those screams and wails. What is this? It's Doom. Yeah, it's Doom. And this this one, we're splitting it a little bit. This is actually two codes, which I think became some of the most iconic and immediately recognizable codes of the 90s, which were IDDQD and IDKFA. Do you guys remember what each of those did? No. Yep. IDDQD is God Mode in Vulnerability, right? Yep. And then IDKFA, it was really specific. It would give you, like, full health, bunch of ammo, 
I don't know if it gave you every weapon, but it gave you a bunch of yes. weapons, armor. It gave you every weapon. It gave you full ammo. It, I've seen people say that it stands for either id, keys, firearms, armor, or like, I don't know fucking anything, something like that. But, um, but yeah, it would, it would give you all the stuff so you could start out like god mode, and I've got like the fucking plasma rifle and BFG 9000. And for me, this was the only way I played Doom. Like, I, I was, the, the first several years of my time as a first-person shooter player, this was how I played first-person shooters. I'd like, this is how I played Turok, this is how I played Duke Nukem, I would just turn on all the cheat codes and just mow down everything. Holy shit, I think I might have played Doom, the first Doom like that too. Oh my god, sorry, this is a breakthrough, I feel like I'm in therapy. Like, have, <laughs> have, I, not, have I not played the original Doom, like, without cheats on? I remember. I, I, I should ask Sam because I remember. I remember him being like, "Dude, could you do the thing? Could you put the stuff in?" Like, uh, and that's how I would play on his computer. Holy shit! Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and it, it was just fun. Like, I'm just gonna run around shooting all this stuff. I can't die. I got all the guns. This is great. And like, it wasn't until years later, I think, that I went back and tried to replay some of those games without the cheat codes. And like, this is an entirely different experience. Like, I've been depriving myself of this, this kind of grueling survival where you, like, every bullet counts and you have to know the levels inside and out. You can't just turn on ID clip and walk through the walls like an idiot. Yeah, that's the way more fun way to play those games. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I think I eventually always gave in and, and used both those codes and said, "Oh, I'm having way more fun now." Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a blast. This is <laughs> this is about me uh, working through some frustrations instead of actually playing a well-designed game. <laughs> uh, I, I I know this is gonna date me as like, oh, I played video games in the early 90s when I was in high school, but like everybody knew Doom, everybody knew these codes, and like that, it was legendary. Yeah, I mean, that, that was, it was something where you, we talked about having like the GTA code memorized, you would just, it was mm-hmm. muscle memory, you would just type in the keys real quick as like almost yep. as soon as you booted it up and like, bink, bink, okay, I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. Got all my weapons, got, uh, I'm invulnerable, yeah, let's, let's got do this. Got my glowing eyes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, that's uh, right, I, the glowing eyes in the icon, uh-huh. of course. Yeah, that's right. And I love that this made a god mode, like, standard. Like, you had to have it in every first-person shooter. And, like, I don't know if you ever played Rise of the Triad. Um, that was a game that actually made, gave you a literal god mode, where it wasn't just that, like, okay, now bullets don't hurt you, but you were... I think the, the camera was raised up a bit, so you were taller, and uh, instead of guns, you just attacked by throwing these balls of white energy that would just annihilate everything they touched, and there was just this constant yawning sound. Like, your your character's just like, uh, uh, like, just bored. <laughs> like, everything bores me, because I'm God. No. Um, you talk about the origin of IDKFA. Have you heard mm-hmm. the origins of this, uh, of the invulnerability code? Of IDKD? Uh, you know, I, I was looking that up and I was not able to find anything satisfactory. So I don't, yeah, I don't know if this is canon or not, but the rumor is that it stood for id, uh, delta quit delta, which was sort of an inside joke the developers oh, had right. of that them dropping familiar. out of college. It was like their fake fraternity saying, oh yeah, the, the way you, you get in this fraternity is you have to quit college. Right. I don't think that's yeah, ever I been officially confirmed, but that's, that's what people think it stands for. 
Uh, maybe if you read the book Masters of Doom or the upcoming miniseries based on it, uh, it, it would say that one way or the other. I don't think it does. Otherwise, no, <laughs> otherwise it would right. be on the internet. Let's move on to something I'm sure everyone will recognize. Number two. Get over here! The screen where the code was entered. Who remembers this? Well, Michael, before we proceed, I have to request um, everyone needs to log in with their Bethesda.net account in order to proceed with the top five because we just talked about Doom. Uh, I see. Well, don't worry. Back to last episode. We'll patch it's it out classic. next month. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, so this is Mortal Kombat, obviously. We're talking about the blood code? Yes, the blood code, which was? Uh, a code that showed blood. On the SNES version, which wasn't allowed to show blood? Abacab. Oh, you mean the actual code. Yes, yes, yes. So what happens is that you will see a a very long text screen that is only in the Genesis version. It's not in the others. It says the word code has many different definitions. The Shaolin Martial Arts Tournament is governed by a system of rules of conduct, an ethical code. The combatants respect each other as warriors, no matter what degree of hatred they have for one another. A code of honor. Another type of code could be defined as an arbitrary system of symbols or letters for transmitting messages. A secret code. Mortal Kombat adheres to many codes, but does it contain one? And then you you put in Abacab, and it's like, get over here, and the letters all turn red, and it says, now entering combat, and uh, you've turned on the blood and the arcade fatalities, which are otherwise missing completely from the Genesis version. Genesis version, I I had it reversed, I thought it was the SNES version, yeah. No, 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 the SNES version had terrible sweat effects that replaced the blood, so you'd, you'd uppercut a dude, and a little gray spurt would appear it's like what is I, that come you know, come on i think what i'm getting confused with it's funny we talk about some uh government moral outrage about video games oh, wasn't yes. this one of the whole premises of that trial where like the nintendo guy was up there sort of throwing Jet sega under the bus because mm. of mortal Kombat and what it showed and it's like oh, our yeah. version has the sweat and it's like come on dude yeah, yeah, and that that pleased absolutely nobody. <laughs> no, and, no. You know, they they clearly relented by Mortal Kombat 2, which had all the arcade blood, all the arcade gore, and and that was great. But the Super Nintendo version oh. was arguably the the better version. It was higher quality, but they had sweat, they had censored fatalities, and there was no way to fix that to get around Nintendo censorship unless you had like a Game Genie and then you could put in a code that turned the blood sort of like this weird shade of pink or turned the sweat pink. It's not the same. No, it wasn't the same at all. You didn't get the chunky flying blood that would stay on the ground that was so cool. Yeah, you gotta have like uh, 15 rib cages fly out when you do a yeah, fatality yeah, in someone. Yeah. Well, that was that was more of a Mortal Kombat 3 thing, but uh, yeah, they, so the Genesis version, if you played it vanilla, it was even more censored than the the Super Nintendo version, that it, it didn't have any effects when you punch someone. The fatalities were all just like, basically Liu Kang's fatality, where you just like uppercut someone so hard they go off screen and then they fall down, but there's no blood. Um, meanwhile, you turn on the blood code, you get all the arcade fatalities, everything. So, even though it was technically the worst version, it outsold the Super Nintendo version because it had that. 
And uh, I did see somebody saying, and I'm not sure if this is true or not, that Abacab, the code, actually comes from a Genesis album and song called Abacab. Oh, I thought it was Abracadabra with uh, Genesis buttons. Maybe, maybe. That could be. Could be either. And and do you, man, I don't know if, so how old was I when this happened? Um Maybe 12? This was what, 93? 93. 93. Yeah, 93. And, and so I, I remember, like, I don't, I don't know. I, it didn't happen on purpose, but, like, all of my friends had Super Nintendo. Mm. So we, it was like it was like the world was ending and two tribes had to combine to save themselves because we started venturing into new neighborhoods and, like, rekindling relationships with old friends to play the Genesis version. <laughs> that's, how impo- that's how important this was. Like, I, I, I remember being in homes I was never in for any other reason. It, to play this, to play this Genesis version of Mortal Kombat. See, this is where a lot of my defense of like, well, gamers aren't just bloodthirsty or anything like that. It's like, um, yeah, that defense doesn't hold water because, like Michael said, this was the better selling version of the game, and Chris was seeking out the game because it had blood and fatalities. Well, like, I, I think that was that was part of it too, because like, even even given like we meet a bunch of Genesis kids, maybe let's say like a, a third of them would be able to convince their parents to get the game because it was already controversial so like it, it felt it felt rare to find because you, you not only needed the game you need and someone else to buy you the game you needed the genesis and just a lot of my friends didn't have that yeah. but it wasn't I, I it, again I, but it was anything it was anything adults told us we couldn't have that's what we were going to seek out yes yeah well i think i think just saying bloodthirsty is maybe a little too reductive because yes that's part of it because like teenagers fucking love blood and gore because partly because it's like you're not supposed to and it's rebellious and it's awesome and uh but i think also you could say that like even kids at the time like they don't if if they're interested in something and it comes to home systems like they don't want a a censored version they want the full version that they liked in arcades and yeah. like you you want that full experience and the, the super nes version was fun to play but it was definitely missing stuff from the arcade i will assert though i didn't really give a shit about the blood effects during the fighting but I did care about the fatalities. Like I think I, I was yeah. more interested in the fatalities than anything else because they were it, they were funny right. for the most part. They're dumb. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. It was sort of lame that like instead of punching someone's head off, Johnny Cage just like kicks them in the chest and they flail around and drop. Like yeah, that's eh, it's a little disappointing. And also, I think the Genesis version was maybe a little closer to the arcade and like how certain things were unlocked and like that you had to wait for like a shadow to pass over the moon or whatever to do this thing to get reptile. I can't remember what the, the process was, but I remember getting reptile in the super Nintendo version was a lot easier than it was in arcades. God, I miss the days where there were actually differences between the versions other than just frame rates and resolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I, in, in in all of children's defense, I don't remember playing Mortal Kombat on the Genesis with the blood code turned on me like, yeah, yeah, murder him, rip him <laughs> apart, fart in his wounds. I remember. No, I, I mean, it, yeah, it, I know. It was I'm just, not saying they're actually yeah. bloodthirsty. I was but just it was saying. Just, like, it was it, just, whoa, it was something we'd never seen a game do. I know. Yeah. I, I'm just and, saying. I'm not saying they're actually bloodthirsty. I'm saying it's hard for us to say they're not, though. When you know, when people in government are saying things like, "Oh, they're just bloodthirsty, crazy people," and then now's you, not the time to, to advocate in that, that behalf, Matt. Now's not the time. Task yeah. force is coming for us all. I, <laughs> task force, get the fuck out of here with that shit. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Mass shootings are the fault of 
video game podcasts and the people who <laughs> listen to them. Uh-huh. We'll Bloodthirsty we'll podcast there. listeners. Yeah. yeah. And their iHeartRadio apps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Can I just say, I have to listen to the iHeartRadio app like maybe three times a year when there's there certain football games that won't be on local TV because I'm a fan of a team that's not from San Francisco. And, like, I always just feel bad about myself when I'm listening to iHeartRadio. I'm like, really? Did I just get trapped in, like, 2008? What the hell's going on here? Like... <laughs> I feel bad for making fun of iHeartRadio. They have a lot of shows I like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, on that note, you won't know what iHeartRadio's favorite code probably is. I mean, this one's just friggin' obvious. Duh. Yeah. How are we, how are we gonna Wolf. do a show about codes and not do this? Yeah, this is the Konami code. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's the beginning or the, the intro screen for Contra, where I think this is probably the most famous use of the Konami code, which is, of course, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start. Uh, and it got you 30 lives in Contra. And for a lot of people, myself included, that was in, instrumental for making it through the game. Like, you were never gonna make it through Contra without 30 lives. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, this thing, I, I wonder, I wonder if they were straddling the line between like, well, the fans want an arcade perfect conversion, so we shouldn't give them more lives. But like, this is totally inaccessible and we're not committing quarter rape anymore. We don't need to do this. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and I don't remember how we knew this because I, the first time I did it was with Life Force. Yeah, well, it's, it's been in a lot of Konami games. It actually originated in Gradius. And I think there it was like, it was just a way like, here, have all the power-ups and now you can get through. But it's, it's appeared in a ton of Konami games and it's appeared in a ton of other things. There are websites out there where if you just t- tap in the Konami code, it will do something weird. Mm-hmm. I think there's like a, UK, like a, a door seller in the UK that will like bring up fictional million dollar doors if you put it in. And I think. You can, um, you can use it on Facebook and Google. I think. Oh, yeah. I th- I think we even talked about Alexa might do something. Let me let me try. Hold on. Uh, just get a little experiment in audio here. Just okay. see if it works on the Alexa app on on a phone. Mm-hmm. Alexa, up up down down left right left right B A start. Super Alexa mode activated. Starting reactors <laughs> online. Enabling advanced systems online. Raising dongers. Error. Dongers missing. Aborting. Oh god, the dongers are missing. What the fuck is a <laughs> donger? <laughs> Did Alexa just hit on us? No, she, she just called us all dickless, unless I'm missing the... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what <laughs> I heard. I mean, it was it was printed on the back of the, the Google Stadia controller when they put up yes. that like 3D prototype that you could look at. Um, not sure what that means other than just maybe an homage to it but we uh, all know if you want a successful video game business you got to cater to konami yeah um but it's it's been in a bunch of other uh konami games you like konami games including metal gear solid metal gear solid 2 if you put it in after completing the plant chapter when the clear code is presented on screen pressing up up down down left right left right x o or circle will cause snake to remark what do you think you're doing or stop fooling around, kid. Confirming the code, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's done a bunch of different I, things I in a bunch of different games. 
doesn't like Dance Dance Revolution even have like variations of the code? Yes, yes, a bunch of DDR games. Uh, I'm looking at that now, starting with Second Mix. The single steps on basic difficulty for the song Make a Jam include the directional portion of the code without B or A five times throughout the song. A faint chime is heard in the music after each such pattern. The song was also a remix of a jingle played behind the walking Konami logo animation contained in some older games. Oh, that, I think that was like a PS1 only uh, thing. Hmm. But, yeah, but, yeah, I just remember it was it was mind blowing when I the first time I learned you could use that code outside of Contra. I I thought it was yeah. just like a Contra oh, thing, yeah. and and oh, then no. when I when I tried it, probably whew, what, I don't even know which game it would have been that I tried it in. Pro- probably probably Gradius or Gradius mm-hmm. um, is is I went oh shit this does something like that blew my mind. That's probably where I learned what a game publisher was. Like oh Konami's on both of these games. I see. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's, it's, it's a them... code you can buy on a T-shirt and in Hot Topics in the mall. It's it's in Wreck-It Ralph the movie. Yep. It's it's there it's, is no more famous sheet code. An indelible part of gamer culture, and yeah, there's no getting around it. Uh, but one of the more recent uses, which I thought was really cool, is in Castlevania Requiem, the uh, the collection that in, in combines Rondo of Blood with Symphony of the Night. Uh, if you do it at the title screen, this happens. plays porno music? Uh, close. What it does is it unlocks an Easter egg from Rondo of Blood that is inaccessible any other way, which is this weird thing called, like, uh, Castlevania PKX. And it's, like, so you have a crude little, like, 3D rendering of a Belmont, and you just sort of march through this weirdly 3D rendered forest and you whip at a few zombies and what this was originally was it was an easter egg that would pop up if you tried to use the Rondo of Blood disc with a PC Engine CD that didn't have the Super CD2 upgrade uh, because it was only for use with those newer systems so uh, you get to the end and it's like this disc is only for use with Super CD2 put in the Super card and like a little uh, weird 3D rendered, they they look like Rayman actually, they don't have arms or legs they're just like little balls and uh, like a little weird Maria comes out and jumps around and but but this way, like, there, there's no way to do that, obviously, in, in Requiem, so you put in the Konami code and it unlocks it and you get to play through it, and instead there's, like, a little uh, screen at the end that says, like, sorry, extra life codes don't work in this game, you'll have to get through without cheating. It's a cool little extra. I recommend looking at it. Well, the Konami code, our number one. Yes, clear number one. How could it be yeah. anything yeah. else? This is such. I a... didn't know it. It, it works. It worked on most Ninja Turtles games. Yeah, I never thought to use it there. I mean, do you guys remember? I would try it on every game. Once I learned that it worked on more than one game, I tried it on even non-Konami games, and sometimes it worked. It was like, oh shit. Here's here's the dumb thing with me. Again, this is just me, not everyone else. Uh, I learned how this with Life Force when I was at my friend Shit Steve's house uh, playing a rented game on his television. So we were both playing together. So up, up, down, down, uh, BA, blah, blah, blah. Select start is how you give 30 lives to two players. Uh-huh. So I actually, like, I I did it so much with friends that, like, I always enter in the code incorrectly and get frustrated. Uh, I always add select in there. It's not in there normally. Mm. Yeah, I do remember that little variation. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because it's, it's kind of fucked up if you think about it, that one player will just get 30 lives and Contra <laughs> on his on his first Contra playthrough. You'll get the hang of it. I trust me. Yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah. needed him, though. You yeah, you kind of did. absolutely needed him. Oh, yeah. but it, no, every, every once in a while, they'd fuck with you a little bit. Like, if you tried to do it in the Super Nintendo version of Gradius 3, the Konami code would destroy your ship. But if yep. you uh, if you replaced left and right with the L and R triggers, then it would power up the ship and do what it's supposed to do. So yeah. nice little Did way of keeping like you on that. your toes. Yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> that is bullshit. What I'm seeing, you can e- you can even see it in the intro to Gravity Falls. Oh, that's true. Uh, it's in those those weird uh, codes. In yep, the little journal pages yep, next yep. to what's his name. Yeah, the the pyramid guy. I forget his name. Yes, I love his name. Why am I forgetting it? <laughs> God damn it. I want to say conspiracy, Mike. Mm, sure. <laughs> so that's anyway. That's our top five. A, a uh, quick and, and to the point uh, one because again, we're all remote. But uh, yeah, we th- we thought this would be fun to dig into, and it's not something we ever really have. So this has been just a, kind of a trip down memory lane for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah. There was a point where I'm like, hey, um. I don't think we have any games uh, past the 90s on our list. So then it was like, <laughs> oh, we better add GTA. Yeah, that's that's well, that's the last time that I think cheat codes were really made a splash in wow. a game and were really important. You yeah. should have gotten this one I'm seeing, Michael, like Assassin's Creed 3. Mm-hmm. If you input the code next standing next to a turkey, ah, you yes. give it a tiny assassin's hoodie. The assassin turkey. That's so great. And that'll follow you around. So we didn't talk about, I, I mentioned earlier, big head mode. I, I'm kind of disappointed in us. We don't have any uh, big head mode codes in here because I feel like that was the way to play NBA Jam. <laughs> like, I don't mm. think I've, I can't remember playing NBA Jam without big head mode on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, more more to that, that like, I remember we were having a discussion on what is a cheat code and uh, just the idea that like NBA Jam hit in a bunch of unlicensed characters of people they didn't get permission to be in the game. Yeah, like President Clinton. Or was that Or, or Will Tuck? Smith. Or Dan Amrick. No, that was Hank Tuck. Well, Dan Amrick. <laughs> they had that permission. That's true. That's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but that was that was half the fun of the game and like yeah. finding out how many people you could unlock in NBA Jam because it really was kind of a pixelated JPEG at the character select screen and then the same two sprites they had for every other player. Mm-hmm. I, I just really want to know what happened to big head mode in general because for a while there... Every game had it, especially like shooters and stuff. It was yeah. like you just could not get away from big head mode where it became a little like hack. It's like, oh, of course you have a big head mode code. Yeah, but like so it's a I sort of miss it. Because maybe you were using it because like, oh, this is silly. But I think there were somebody was telling me that kids may have used that to make the game easier. It makes headshots. <laughs> All headshots <laughs> oh, count in like big in head Like in GoldenEye or something? Uh, yeah, it could be. Yeah, yeah. Could be, could be. I, I just – I really want to see how it would look nowadays with like the fidelity of characters. Like can you imagine mm-hmm. like Uncharted 4 with big head mode with like oh my God. the emotions that Nathan Drake can do? It would be amazing. I, I, I think you just hit on a reason why they probably don't do it. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> the like, fidelity, yeah. Yeah, yeah ba- back when games, back when <laughs> big head mode was pretty much like six triangles and a blurry texture, it was it was all well and good. Yeah. But I think as long as we're talking about big head mode, we have to remember that there was a whole game based around big head mode, which was Virtual Fighter Kids. <laughs> right. Yeah. What made yeah. them kids? Their giant heads, of course. That's yeah, that the was che- chibi, chibi stuff. Not yeah. a cheat code. That was a full price game. Yep. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a well, minor variation in another game that existed. Isn't really like Super Puzzle Fighter, just sort of a big it used same, similar thing. It was chibi versions of the characters. It's a totally so different like, game. Heads. You're thinking of Pocket Fighter, which was those versions. Oh, Pocket in a Fighter, game. yeah, yeah. 
but yeah. yes, also with with wonderful. goofy attacks and Dan turns into Elvis and yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do miss cheat codes. I wish uh, – I feel like indies occasionally sneak them in and it's always really fun. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's one of those things where when I'm kind of done with a game, I will still occasionally be like, I wonder if there's any cheats or anything for me to just they, – they help you eke out just that extra bit of enjoyment out of a game once you've, once you've finished it. You're like, ah, oh, I'm just going to dick around. And mm-hmm. I wish more games had stuff like that. Them. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So bring back cheat codes, developers. I know you're all listening. Yeah, come on, do it, do it, do it, do it. Do it. Yeah. Uh, so There's anyway. nothing developers love more than people on the internet telling them what to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know your business. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's uh, been our top five. On that note, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about Metal Wolf Chaos and some other less Richard! consequential stuff. <laughs> Stay tuned. Contra, 30 guys, Contra, 30 guys, Contra, 30 guys. Get scratching. Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show 302010. Here's a clip from 1999. American Pie was a phenomenon with uh, crazy. five, five, four sequels and three straight-to-video sequels. Yeah. But American Pie is all about guys trying to get laid, especially through the eyes of Jim, Jason Biggs, who I think is actually pretty fun. I like that. I, I've always liked Jason Biggs, and I'm try- I can't even remember what the pie scene is because oh, he fucks it. No, no, yes, <laughs> I recall. But uh, I, his penis. <laughs> but I saw both movies, the the first two movies in theaters, and the MPAA always has a cut to suggest. So the DVD has, if you watch. You watched it more on DVD. You have a different fucking scene. So, what do you remember him doing with the pie? Honestly, I don't remember. Like, I've kind of blocked. Did that his dad out. come in and he has the pie plate over I his think crotch? So, yeah. So, in the right. unrated, unrated DVD, he's on the counter fucking it, oh. and- <laughs> missionary style. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Can you do doggy with a pie? <laughs> I mean. Not if you're the giver. Uh, bend it over the fireplace. And like... But you could do reverse cowgirl. Uh. <laughs> How do you reverse it? It's round. Well, the pie plate's away from you. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, the, the pie plate is its underwear. <laughs> I think it's all but. <laughs> Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on lasertimepodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back to our final segment where we will waste no time jumping ahead to... Oh, fuck it. Let's just do this. We were trying to stop you, but because of the delay from the remote, we couldn't jump uh-huh, in there uh-huh. soon enough. We're really glad you did that uh, to yeah, yourself. Yeah. <laughs> God, I love Anne's laugh. It just hits me every time. Um, yeah. Metal Wolf. Chaos XD is finally here after 15 years. Um, we, this game has finally been released in the U.S., the country it is about. Um, now everyone can play 
the ridiculously overwrought adventures of President Michael Wilson as he and his mech fight to liberate America from the grip of Richard... What is it? Richard Hawkins? Richard yeah, Hawk. Richard Hawk. Richard Hawk. Yeah. Richard! Dick, I love that his name is Dick Hawk. Um, and, and, and his uh, government that over, overthrew the president and are... Uh, was <laughs> it like they're going to crush democracy, and so the president must make his own justice? Isn't, isn't, that's uh, that's the the tagline, the fucking catchphrase. The whole thing is bring your own justice, like like <laughs> like it's beer at a, like it's beer at a barbecue. It's, it, it's, it is it is difficult to convey how wonderfully cheesy this game is. Uh, so you you're playing it's it, it's a mech game. Uh, you're playing in this special mech that has these two giant drums on its back. In these drums are an assortment of basically giant sized conventional guns that you're you can dual wield like one in each hand. Like okay, I'm gonna have like a giant shotgun in my left hand, complete with wood stock and uh or wooden stock, and I'm gonna have a pistol or a machine gun in my like a a, a giant M. 16 in my right hand and this is just how I'm going to mow down all these hordes of uh, I guess rebel US troops that just sort of babble incoherently. And, so uh, so now that I'm a little more of a sensitive man than I was when I first uh-huh. played this game like you really do mercilessly mow through the American military with flying blood and everything. Yeah but yeah. it's drunk. a coup man they're trying to take over. But that's hold on that's the thing. The, the coup forces the coup d'etat forces this game starts with like michael wilson liberty is dead michael <laughs> michael wilson michael wilson has been the subject of a coup d'etat like just think of the scenario maybe it's because i want the vice president to come in and like uh take over the <laughs> and <laughs> try and murder the president i look mm-hmm. look it's i'm just I'm, I'm just suffering here because back in my day crazed gunmen and terrorists used to try to kill the president instead of worship him so it's nice it's nice to see a fantasy scenario. It's like a video game directed by Quentin Tarantino if you root for the bad guys. Um, uh, so, uh, FBI, that was Chris Antista speaking yes. for that segment of the show. Not the others. <laughs> I said I miss people trying to kill the president instead of worshiping in. Not I was. Yeah. Go- not that uh, Matt was going to do it. <laughs> Come on, man. Let's not belabor the point. But uh, <laughs> this this game, like, it's just the dialogue, is, I was not prepared. I've been watching YouTube videos of this for years. I was not prepared for the level of cheesiness. Like, it's fantastic. The, the, the conversations between Michael Wilson and, uh, what's her name, Jane Janet, the uh, the sort of dispatcher that he talks to. His aide. Yeah, his aide. Uh, but she, she, like, says things like, I haven't been this excited since I went to a supermarket's going out of business sale to look for my favorite candy, and they had a box of it that was covered in dust all the way at the back of the rack, and it was still good. Cut. Let's not use that one. <laughs> like, like, just see what you can think of. Improvise something. That would, it'll be better than that. No, that's, that was the other game that was doing the VO session. This game came along and said, "Oh, we'll take it. We'll use that. You know, give, give that to us. Yeah, yeah. We got it's it." Like this, like, but this is a weird genre that um, Michael Michael might know a little more about than me, and, and maybe Matt too. But like, I don't know, like the Ed Wood of games, like, like just a, a movie that is so rewardingly bad, mm-hmm. yet Metal Wolf Chaos plays great. Oh it, yeah, it's a mech it's... game from the Armor Core people, so it like it's. I don't know. I, I think it's very competent. 
Yeah. It's not just the Armored Core people. It's the Dark Souls people. This is a yeah. From yeah. Software game. Yeah. This was way before they were the Dark Souls people. Before they, they were the Dark Souls people, they made a series of mech games. So, like, they know how to make one that controls decently. And this one's even, like, simpler than the Ar- Armored Core games. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Well, the, the whole premise of how you change the guns even is, like, it's brilliant how they mapped yeah. it to the triggers on the controller. It's like, yeah, you have once, one you, once you get that the opens hang up, of it. opens up your president's silos and you cycle through them with whatever trigger, uh, with that, whatever trigger you want. Your- <laughs> the best part Jesus. is like, the guns aren't like retrofitted to fit the mech. No. They're just like attached to these, like Michael said, it's like the shotguns have like wooden stocks. They're not like built into the mech. It's so it's cheesy. Just a, it's just a giant shotgun you pull out of these two <laughs> giant tubes on your yeah, mech. Yeah, it's like an yes. old Doc Ock holding a handgun because at some, if you run into ammo, you will be stuck with that fucking handgun oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> and, and i i just i love it so much and, and like i think true to what it is it is the absolute worst remaster i've ever played in my life <laughs> they didn't in, nothing is improved certain things have taken a dive it, it i look at the screenshots because they've been all over the place and i'm like that is not the game i've played like the it's an xbox game and it looks like an xbox game when you play it now and but then i see the screens i'm like where are they getting that thing? That looks like high res and beautiful. And it's like, maybe they've touched some of the resolution or the pics. I don't, I can't tell the textures. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't I mean, they, look much different. They added different. in some cutscenes, which are weird. Uh-huh. Did you guys, did you guys have audio issues in the cutscenes? Like, Fuck it felt yes. to me like the, Fuck the audio yes. was like, <laughs> but I played the original game. To be. I played the original game. Thank you. Uh, shout out to our buddy Aziz, to Wade Jerry. Uh, uh, thank you so much for giving me an actual copy of the game. Those are prevalent in the actual game and uh, the original game. And I, I don't know if it was dev- uh, the devolver approach to authenticity, but I haven't had to adjust my sound like this. Yeah, in but it's, so it's like listening to a record at slow speed. Like what happened to the audio here? Is this? Oh, well, I was playing on Xbox, uh, on Xbox and the dialogue is you can't even hear it. Like none of the dialogue. Yeah, and I did e- have to adjust the volume on the dialogue. And then a cutscene will come up and explode your speakers. <laughs> it is not balanced <laughs> at all. And I, I have to, this game took a year <laughs> like, to come out. I have to imagine it's on purpose. Longer than a year. This game, I played this game at PAX West last year, which is almost a year wow. ago. And by that time, it had already been announced a few months prior to that. So it's been, it's been a long time coming for this remake. And yeah, it's like, well, like you said, Chris, I don't, it, it has to be intentional. Like, no, they were, we're not going to touch it, but it would have been nice maybe to say, well, we'll add a few extra things, but we'll give you a mode so that you can play it as it originally appeared, you know? Well, that's the thing. I, they added some like, like kind of, uh, kind of tech savvy cutscenes in the game, which I don't care for, because How you do can. You mean? Do you did you play the game? There's like this DNN yeah. clip. Oh yeah, yeah. That's not in the original game. Oh really? And I don't think so, and and that's why I think you can tell that's not a Japanese voice acting performance. It's mm-hmm. but it's also a person who doesn't want to affect one, and it's why the graphics are so advanced. Uh, but I, I do not mean the video game graphics. I mean the PowerPoint graphics that are no. displayed in, in the in, uh, in that sequence. Yeah, it uh, in terms of how it plays, it definitely plays like a game of that era. Uh, even to the point where like little things like the conveniences that we have nowadays, like normally. 
be at a game's main missions or whatever, it's going to end the mission. But this game makes you still, like, collect all the collectibles in a level even after you've killed the enemies and stuff. And it's just, like, it is very true to what games were like back then. Yeah. Like, right down to, like, like I'm having sound issues. Like, I haven't had to control the BGM in my own fucking game. It, it feels like 10 years. But like this game was out of control. <laughs> and it's and it's in 4K. <laughs> it's well, in 4K like, for some reason. So many things in this game are just so bizarre like the the San Francisco level. Well, you mean Neo Dark Tokyo? What the fuck is that yeah. place? <laughs> With all the the huge Chinese banners everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um the, the, it's maybe supposed to be set in Chinatown, but that doesn't look anything like Chinatown. Hell no. Um, but the, uh, like you, you free the hostages and it like, your, your aide will tell you things about the hostages. Like you, you free this one. It's like, there was a musician among those yes. hostages. He, he was being forced to play the Chinese air who. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is that? And I love it. And how do you free the hostages? You see little hostage huts. Like, be sure to only use light arms and yeah. free the hostages. So you fire a fucking M41 into the, <laughs> into a building. <laughs> it's, it's, <sighs> It's absolutely. I know that's not that funny this week, um, but, but it was funny in 2004. Back absolutely. when we only had Columbine. Very fun game. Uh, it's one of those games if you've always, if you've always been curious about playing this game and didn't want to spend an arm and a leg on eBay or some other place to to acquire the original. It's like now's your chance, yeah, and it's plus an Xbox you could play it on, and it's 25 bucks. So yeah. go go play. But the, but the, to me, this is fascinating. I remember having um. The, uh, that that conversation with uh, Fran from um, at, when she was at Xbox, um, and and about like Deadly Premonition, and she's just like Francesca Reyes, yeah, yeah, Francesca Reyes, sorry, and about like um, this game's terrible, but I love it more than anything that came out this year, and I'm like legit conflicted about how to review it, <laughs> and and that's and that and that's how most people treated Deadly Premonition, like in terms of fun, I don't know, like I, I, maybe games are at a culture where like. We're ready to appreciate the Ed Wood stuff. And I just, this is as Ed Woody as it gets. I feel like that's a top five in the making, but, uh, as people have pointed out, they're sick of hearing me talk about Jaws Unleashed, so. But, but that's the thing, like, Michael, it, I think it'd be hard for us to come up with five of those games. Mm. Well, I mean, we've just come up with three talking. It's, but talking this one, here. but the, the, I think the difference here is, but that's the thing I want to discuss is that Metal Wolf Chaos plays pretty great. Like, its mechanics are sound. And and so like it's perfectly playable. It's just like everything about it around that play field. It, it's like it's like they took like a character from Virtual on and set it in something in the stupidest movie in the world. <laughs> and 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 so like it, it it yeah it's it's really easy to relax. There's no stakes because you don't care about any of these things or people because it's all ridiculous. Every, everybody talks in only like this super overwrought anime dialogue yes. about justice and high ideals and yes, people coming together and you're lucky this game didn't come out two months ago because it would have been in my best games of the year so far. <laughs> I have, I have, I have not had a play experience that be this much fucking fun. Cause if you were, yeah, you might have been great. there when I tried to, like I said earlier in the intro of the show, if it wasn't cut, uh, I was, tasked with writing an article about video game presidents and I found this and there was like a one-up article by Scott Sharkey in like one video on YouTube and that was all the information in the world and I remember like fi- like finding out uh, 
the game was canceled in America and was put on an Xbox magazine demo disc. Um, right, the first yeah. three levels. So I'm like, this is convenient because I work down the hall from Xbox magazine and I can get a, a demo disc from 10 years ago. So I, wow. I, I was able to do that and then I get to play this first level. Like, this is amazing. And then I have to see what the scene of Xbox original piracy is like an emulation and it's like non-existent. And, but we're, we were lucky enough to have debugs. So I spent like two days trying to configure this game and get video on the internet. I made the stupidest video tribute to this game that I think exists. Yes, you have a lot of streamers pretending to be upset. Uh, but I, I took the HBO theme and made a man out of Michael Wilson. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's on our YouTube channel. I'll try and remember to send you the link so we can put it beneath this article. Um, it, it was just, it was just, it just, it makes me really nostalgic and feel very, very old at the time that like, this was gone and very, very hard for me to dig up, and now it's available for everyone, and I love yeah. it. So what do we think after playing it for real? Is it self-aware, or do you think it really didn't know what it was doing? No, I, I think it, ha- it has to be somewhat yeah. self-aware, but it is... It's too silly to not be self-aware. But it's also like, it, it, like it's, it's self-aware in that it's a mech game. It is not self-aware at all in that it's trying to make a game for America. Because it has a very poor understanding about America, and it's I hilarious. Mean, it, it has a very Japanese understanding about yes. America. It, like the, the same way, I lo- but I love that. I love that that it's just little shit like an Ace Attorney when like, oh, that was a that was a that was a very polite condemnation of everything we are in one sentence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. This that's and that's all over this game. It's fantastic. That's what they yeah. think. They I think from software was legitimately trying to make. You tell me, were they trying to make an, a parody of a game they think Americans would like, or are they trying to make a game Americans would like? Either That's what way, I'm asking. That's what I'm asking. I don't know. And it's, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. I, I have to think it's the first one. Like, this is too funny to not be self-aware. But is, that's – it's weird because From hasn't really done anything like that since, right? They're not – they're not known as like parody game makers I mean, or anything. 3D dot game heroes. We started podcasting in 2008, Michael, and I think you can attest that the Japanese were very far away from self-aware at that point. Mm, sure. I, what's funny is this game predates like Murica culture, like like you know, like how we make fun of like. Does it though? This was what? 2004? Well, that's the thing. It, it doesn't. It, it actually like it's it came out at a time when we were all making jokes about how yeah. Dick Cheney was the more powerful person in the white house and and this was like mm. the height of america culture in the mm. early 2000s like post post 2001 we all went insane man yeah. was this was this were we making fun of mullets by by then i guess we were huh yeah all right yeah. let that go maddie be on our side yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, wait which side is that again i don't know the, 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 the right like side the michael wilson's side yeah, you the, oh side wait so you won't wears mullets you won't go on record as saying you like or dislike mullets i see how it is <laughs> What are you talking? Look, have you, have you seen my hair? Everyone had mullets. My head is dying to grow out a mullet. Like every time I go to sleep, <laughs> I wake up in like something in like an infancy shape of Jerry Seinfeld's hair from his sitcom. You it's, you do have the brother-in-law from the wedding singer's hair. Absolutely. Yeah, like I like I the best I can look forward to visually is being the not balky guy in Perfect Strangers. That's like the <laughs> best looking I can be. Actually, I think I think the most unrealistic and unbelievable thing about Stranger Things is that none of these kids have mullets. They all have the same haircuts they had in the early 80s and presumably the late 70s. Like, come on. They need to update. Come on. Yeah. 
Uh, story just that so big we're clear, I officially come down on the side of it really depends on the face and head shape, whether or not you can rock a mullet. So I'm not anti, but I'm not necessarily pro. It depends on you, the person. I'm not saying you should. I'm saying that in the 80s, everyone did rock a mullet. Oh, everyone sure. Everyone I knew. Literally everyone. My mom had one. <laughs> did you, what? Yes. Yeah, I remember I went to a public school. I, I seen a lot of women with mullets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of teachers rocking the mullet the time. in the eighties. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. That's just what was happening. It's practical I, the fucking, cut. It's practical the Kentucky cut, Fried Hair, the Poodle Do. It was just. It was all the rage, and I'm glad it's gone. <laughs> Please never, ironically, bring that back. Yeah, yeah, that's ever, coming ever, up. Ever. That's got to be coming up anytime. Only solid snake can have a mullet now. <laughs> Uh, anyway, what else is coming out this week? Who cares? Metal Wolf Chaos, baby! Good point, Richard! good point. Richard! Uh, Age of Wonders Planetfall came out, and it's a 4X game, yep. so I doubt any of us played it. But it's a 4X game with XCOM-style combat, so that is at least uh, intriguing. Yeah. I just, yeah. Not necessarily the type of game that's usually on my radar, but uh, it's... It's getting good reviews, and uh, a lot of people seem to like it. So, yeah, if you're into 4X games, you may want to check it out. Uh, and then uh, Pillars of Eternity is coming to Switch. So if you have not had the chance to play that game and are in the mood for an old-school CRPG experience, uh, now is your chance. Play it on Switch. Mm-hmm. It's pronounced Carpeg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, of course. <laughs> no, no, it's not. So that's all the new releases this week that I could think of. Oh, well, then I guess it's time to move on to... News. You guys, I, uh, I regret to inform you, I don't get to continue the Hollywood segment this week. There is no... Why? Video game Hollywood news, but that's all right. I mean, it's all right. I got a good news story. Michael, can you can you play the sound clip for this next story? It, it, it requires an intro. Michael, you are a you are a failure. You are a failure. <laughs> I'm a failure. <laughs> you got you so good. I got you, dude. He did. He did. Uh, <laughs> I don't actually have game news. I just wanted to really play that sound clip. So I'll take this opportunity to say that the Angry Birds 2 movie is currently uh, has an 82 on Rotten Tomatoes. So they continue no, the streak. Doesn't. It continues Dude. the streak of being the best video game movies out there. Because Was that a laser time we did? The best, according to Metacritic sites, not just Metacritic, the best video game movies. And Angry Birds was there by like 20 points. Oh my god. Critically, it was 20 points higher than like Max Payne. Yeah. Or- <laughs> so its current uh, 82 is wow. maintaining or maybe even raising that average. I saw it with my friend's daughter and like if you didn't know how meaningless the games were and how annoying the whole Rovio approach was, like it's fine. It's funny. Yeah. Jason it said it's very good. Madagascar-esque or like one of those animated movies. Like, okay, fine. I would say better than Madagascar. Um, let's see. Let's talk about some news. So this past weekend was Evo, which we are all, I'm sure we watched Evo. every single round and match and everything, right? You were I there in the some pools. Tech and stuff. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You, watched, I, you watched the finals? All the finals? No, no, no. Not at all. I, I have a life. Like, it's, <laughs> like let's, I, I support video games in the scene, but this is still sports at the end of the day, and I have better mm-hmm. things to do. 
Yeah, I'd say this is my favorite esport is fighting games. I, they are the most watchable to me because um, okay. it's easy to understand what's going on. Uh, but yeah, I you know if you're in Evo, it was this weekend. I'm sorry, I don't really have any specific news stories. There were there were a few announcements that mostly had been leaked before the show. So uh, E Honda is coming to Street Fighter Five. If you're into I know. that, it's a buddy of mine's favorite character, and he's been asking me for like two years. Like, is E Honda coming, man? Like, it's an overweight Asian guy. He was he was my man. <laughs> What's a Street Fighter game like without Hyundai? Like I, yeah. do, I don't know. I mean, he's I been in know. and out of the series, but he was in four, so it's, it was weird that he wasn't in five until now. So, mm. uh, and then Poison, Poison's also coming to uh, Street Fighter Five. Yes. Yeah. Right on time to bring a character like that into the series. Hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't have a ton of, of big Evo news. Um, before I dive into this next one, let me just first say that the events of this past weekend were tragic and we offer our condolences to anyone whose lives were touched or affected by these two tragedies um i guess a bit of a content warning you are about to hear some political talk uh about uh these mass shootings and gun control and just please know that anything we say here we really don't want to take away from the fact that these were tragic events and um yeah so, not to bring us down a little bit, but... Um, bring us down, baby. <sighs> this again. Um, repeat after me. Guns don't kill people. Video games kill people. Or so it's politicians true. would have you believe. Uh, so, more people than just President Trump, but he was certainly uh, one of them, was out there blaming the recent slew of mass shootings. No, uh, this this is the wonderful mechanism. Of, like, look, this is going to get political, but it is also true. The Republican machine is is well oiled, and they thought of this, and everybody spit it out within twenty four hours. Oh, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so uh, sorry, I'm referencing the El Paso and the uh, Dayton, Ohio shootings uh, that. You sure it's not the Toledo weekend? shooting our compassionate president really cares about? <laughs> yeah. Well, here's here's yeah. what one of one of those shooters uh, they discovered a lot of you know MAGA stuff and a lot of pro Trump stuff, and yet he doesn't focus on the fact that that guy was in Trump. He focuses on the fact that that dude plays video game, which every kid that dude's age plays video games. It's like, right. of course, it's everybody. Yeah. Here, here's the thing: you'll never hear any other video game podcast say everybody right now playing Fortnite, except for two people are better people than me they're smarter than me they're gonna grow up more woke and sensitive and intelligent and uh technologically adept than me like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> what video games did he talk about in his manifesto other than he tried he loved you so much mr president he tried to like this isn't about the president mm. i know i'm using a bunch of his terms Including fake news. Yeah. Um, so here's what Trump actually said. He said, we must stop the glorification of violence in our society, he said. This includes the gruesome and grisly video games that are now commonplace. Odd that he doesn't call out violent movies, violence on television. No, it's he all doesn't the, call out the He doesn't call out the fucking 18-month parade he went on saying he'd pay the legal bills of anybody who knocked out protesters at, uh, at his rallies. He doesn't call out the fact nope. that he made jokes about people saying we should shoot all Mexican at his rallies. Rallies. He doesn't make a jokes about the fact that he refers to immigrants as vermin and invaders and uh, in fucking an infestation. Yeah, I'm a little hot, and I want to take it down a notch too, listeners. I promise you. I, I understand that you'd be hot because not, it wasn't just him. Uh, Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, not the sportscaster, uh, called for federal action against the games industry. And House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy <sighs> said that shooting games dehumanize individuals. Um, 
Luckily, we have some defenders in our corner. So first and foremost, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She criticized the finger pointing. She tweeted, you know, video games aren't causing mass shootings. White supremacy is. Oh yeah, like 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 she's gonna get the word across to the Fox News people. She's basically yeah. a young witch to them. Yes, <laughs> but we have another defender, and his body is ready. And his response. Oh, that was cool. His that response was, cool. was, "Wait for it." Direct. Reggie Fizeme was out there criticizing, and he says, "Here's his Reggie's quote on the Twitter." When the ill-informed are being critical of the gaming industry and community, this is a very powerful story. The facts are that countries with high per capita gaming revenue have fewer gun shooting deaths, except the U.S., where 4% of the population own 43% of the guns. And then he tweets to stats uh, Jeff Keighley had posted. This information is so ubiquitous, I feel like, I, I, like I'm sorry, I'm a podcaster, entertainer first and foremost. I feel hacked talking about it. Like, to blame video games, most of which stem from Japan, which are more popular in South Korea and China, who mm-hmm. have none of these problems. <laughs> yep. Yeah, well, was it, wasn't there some politician on Fox News who was saying that, like, well, they, they don't have this problem in Japan because they don't play video games there. There are yes, no video games yes, in Japan. Yes, yes, yes. There was a politician that said that. Yeah, just, that is something somebody said. Here, and, and they here's want the to, thing. Hmm. Here's the thing. And I'm going to play the, the stupid oh, marketing science card. The fact that we're talking about this at all means they won. Means means they won. Yeah, like this means was all won. to deflect from other shit. Well, I, I I made a joke on I made a joke on bonus time because like I love MAGA chud Reddit fuckfaces who were uh, head up in a bad video game climate to begin with and got this guy elected. He's talking about taking their video games again, and so I remember. And Michael is always off mic, ready to. <laughs> Told me to stuff like this. Uh, I predicted Trump has a Muslim ban. Like, that'll never hold up in court. After, like, two years of battles, it did. Yep. Like, it, it did. So if this homeboy wants to create a task force, he's going to keep going at it. And you could lose your video games. And, and I always say this. Like, you will lose more by supporting this person. And I'm not even saying being conservative. Even though you're probably harboring a little evil. Um, but... <laughs> But this person in particular, this president, he, he is responsible. And I, I, I cannot listen to another newscast that doesn't say that. He is responsible. I am curious for if we do have conservative listeners. For those that we do have, I would love it if you would comment and let me know, like, when you see the GOP going after video games, which you obviously must love if you listen to this show – what, how does that make you feel? Are you on their, do you agree with them? Are you on their side? Or does that piss you off enough to maybe, you know, take action and be like, no, this, this is ridiculous. You guys need to, here's the thing. You, you can tell them, hey, you guys need to get informed. You guys, there's thousands of studies saying there's no link between video games and violence. They don't care about facts. So Reggie fils like right. tweeting graphs, literally showing like, look, it's, it's not related to all this. They don't care. They've never cared about facts. It's about talking points. It's about their bullet points and their message. And some of them, some of them don't even care about guns. Those people are single issue voters and, and will lean towards whoever's on their side. And there's a lot of, I think, I don't know who they are, but there are a lot of level headed, there should be a lot of level headed conservatives who, the, 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 the Ohio mayor's like, I, fuck these assault weapons. We will not sell them in our state anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, good fantastic progress that's the first thing of like progress i've seen towards this at all and i i love the deep irony of this is basically an argument between 
two groups of people and their bullshit toys. Yes. Yes. And, and like, and like, and I think in the idea that Republicans are taking this tact means they are so old and out of touch. They don't understand how ingrained video games are with people and how less ingrained guns are, uh, with, with the majority of people. Guns are a bullshit toy. You have one because it makes you feel safe, uh, because you want to protect your family. Congratulations. You're wrong. Every statistic will tell you you're wrong. Every single country will tell you you're wrong. You're wrong. The only people who won't tell you you're wrong are the people in power right now. Uh, you like video games and they're violent. There is zero proof. Video games don't actually kill people. Uh, remember, guns are instruments of death. Even if you love guns, I want to, I don't know how to do this because you know this is my pet issue. Uh, I had a lot of friends killed by guns, uh, unnecessarily. Even if you really love guns, you have to admit our country would be better with none or fewer. But I like my gun and I'm good with it. I bet you are. But I, but would we be better with fewer? Like, I can't take that chance. I gotta protect my family. Like, well, I can't take the chance a designated driver will drive me home. I'm gonna drive drunk and do a bunch of other irresponsible horse shit. Uh, video games don't directly murder anybody. You have like six leaps in logic that have to occur in between that. Guns are meant to kill. And we, we are, we have run out of reason for people to have instant access for things that are meant to kill. Because you can't compare, like, I remember you can't compare guns to video games unless we're talking about an incident where someone beat to death nine people with a Wii U controller. Because that's what we're talking about here, an instrument of murder. Well, going back to your earlier point about, like, how do conservatives feel about this, I imagine they probably feel a lot like I did when Hillary Clinton started going after after San Andreas. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, well, this is this is all just like paying lip service to some sort of parental concern that probably doesn't even exist anymore, at least not to the extent that it did 10, 15 years ago. Um, I think, you know, even even then, I wasn't worried about the state of video games until, like, fucking Jack Thompson started uh, getting the, into the ear of a bunch of politicians and saying, like, I will help you craft legislation right. that cuts to the heart of this and that will keep games out of the hands of children. Uh, and, and But basically, he was talking about it in the sense that we will create government censorship of media. There will be a government body that decides what is and isn't acceptable for people to buy and play. Michael is the smarter, more journalistic person, but I'm from Florida. And Jack Thompson built his bones here. And when I was a little kid, he, he passed, I think, one of the only like weird government censorship laws about art in, in, Mm -hmm. in regards to two live crew, like literally got something banned. Uh, based on non-pornographic snuff-based content, just words. Yeah. And by the way, it's both sides of the aisle that go against, because wasn't it, it was Tipper Gore, it was Al Gore's wife yep, at the yep, time yep. who was against the music stuff, and yeah, it was Joel Lieberman who was against right. violent video games, who's now, I mean, he, he eventually wasn't a Democrat, he became independent, he, I think. He might as well be an arch-conservative at this point, mm-hmm. but here, he might here's as well the be thing. Droopy the dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> here's, here's the other half of that. that. It's like, I think it would be easy as a Trump supporter to just miss, dismiss it as like, he doesn't really know what he's talking about here this is just blather this is going to blow over he's not going to do anything no nah, dog he's playing 90 chess at all time but, but here's the thing i've i've seen people say that about like every shitty thing he said and then he's tried to follow through on it so who knows i i say irrespective you will lose everything you love by supporting this person in this in this movement and this is 
a bullshit, yet another bullshit distraction that we'll all get tired of hearing and nothing will happen. Uh, that, that, that'll, that'll have us fighting while nothing is done. So like the, I never get serious on this show. Never, ever, ever. But every single gun that enters into this country is irresponsible. And you can decide whether or not, whether you want to be the irresponsible person who makes that happen. Uh, and, and it's, it's a l- very low amount of people. And, uh, and like, cause, cause hey, buddy, you know what I love? Cocaine. It's really fun. Makes me feel good. Makes me feel like I could defend my family. <laughs> If I, if I had to, I'm not advocating it be legal. And, 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 and the solution for people not being shot is for having fucking policemen on cocaine next to schools. Jesus. It can all, it can only lead to more carnage and in a broader sense, American embarrassment, lack of patriotism. And, and, and that's what I think we really need to look at here. I'm sick of playing, beating around this bush because you single issue fuckheads who love your shitty toys, uh, can't handle the idea that your, your hobby is bad for the country. I would give up every single video game ever and this podcast if we could have sensible gun legislation right now. I would never do the show again. I would never engage with this medium again because it means that much to me. It doesn't mean as much to you and it needs to. And I'm I'm fucking tired of this. I feel like we're just a really, really far away away from legislation happening because it's like, look, the Republicans aren't stupid in that they immediate by 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 deflecting and blaming video games, they immediately put us on our heels. So we're not even in a place where we can say we can propose legislation because we're over here having to defend like, well, no, it's not this. This is ridiculous, which is exactly what they want about video games. Yeah, Mitch Mitch McConnell, the fucking um, the the fucking non ninja mutant turtle, like, well, like I'm not going to allow you to vote on it. Give me my lettuce. Which, by the way, lettuce killed 13 people and was pulled off the shelves. <laughs> you know what? I used to ride around on three-wheelers. Those are illegal because they killed a dozen people. Yep. Yeah. And, 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 and whatever fantasy you're harboring of protecting your family, uh, according to statistics, there's still a 60% chance that gun will end up in your mouth in a bad situation. And you can't <laughs> – that's – According to statistics, I'm trying to help. <laughs> Don't eat your peanut butter off the gun. That's Don't. <laughs> a terrible thing to dip into a jar of peanut butter. <laughs> All right, I, 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 you know this is this is gonna. I can't. Uh, there's a bonus time show for this, but uh, it's time. It's time for for us all like to stop fighting a little bit and act like responsible citizens. And there's nothing responsible. And I'm gonna back off a little bit. But about any gun, I don't care what kind of gun you want to designate. You will not defend yourself from the government. And another thing I keep trying to say, learn to fight, pussy. <laughs> if, if you're, if, <laughs> unless you live in an inner city neighborhood where the cops tend to shoot you a lot, uh, uh, you have, be a better person and you won't need a gun. No one's after your, no one's after you or your fucking family. No one gives a fuck about you. I mean, largely true. <laughs> yes, it's all true. Like, uh, majority of guns kill loved ones and, and the, the owners of themselves. I'm sick of this shit. I'm fucking sick of this shit. And it's become this no, this like ignoble form of suicide with these MAGA dirtbags inspired by this fucking rabble rousing moron. And who, who now is, who now wants to scapegoat video games. So now I'm allowed to talk about this. I want to talk about this all the time. That's the secret. I try and keep it nice, but I don't have to now because they're after our goddamn video. They're after Metal Wolf Chaos. They want to take away Metal Wolf Chaos. <laughs> I mean, yes! it couldn't have been a better week for Metal Wolf Chaos to come out. It depicts out. the it's president like... as murderous. 
Which we all know he's he's a little tiny prince and he would have someone else do it for him. There's no way that asshole chubby motherfucker sits inside a mech and does anything for anybody. That's never going to happen. We will never have a Michael Wilson, and especially not from the Republican Party. But that's neither here nor there. Somebody, please put a stop to me. I wish, I wish I hadn't brought any of this up. But I also wish, I also wish thirty people were still alive. Yes, and, I, and yeah. way more than I wish video games were being scapegoated for these murders. And it's not. It is. The president is partially responsible for this, but Republicans are majorly responsible for this. And you, as a gun proponent or single-issue voter, are also a little responsible for this. I've had to take responsibility for things I've advocated in the past, and I've done that. You need to do that now and soon. Because we just had a thing here in Florida uh, where people's guns are being stolen from their cars. When you buy a gun and you don't know where it's going out in the world and you're not protecting it, you have done something irresponsible and you have hurt us as, as a nation, as, as, a, as a community. Uh, please stop me. <laughs> please stop me. But we've had to enter into legislation over that. These things are not worth it. We will, we will succeed more with uh, better – I don't want to say sensible gun registrations. I want to call for the end of gun manufacture and sale tomorrow and you think that's crazy every other country has done it every other country has done it right, but video games are really good <laughs> well uh you know chris has said a lot on the issue uh there is an organization who's supposed to be out there saying a whole lot about the issue unfortunately they're a bit distracted lately the esa uh who is sort of the official organization that represents the video game industry uh in government uh they are busy because they had a leak that was sort of, ugh, it's the worst. So oh, that was, every, sorry, I, I forgot about that. That was awful. Yes. So in this, basically the ESA, uh, they are the organization that runs E3. Uh, there was an online leak detected where the, it was the personal details of over 2000 games industry journalists, financial analysts and investors, as well as video producers, AKA like YouTubers and Twitch streamers were leaked online. The list was Along with the personal details of 30 to 50 feral hogs. <laughs> the list was accessible via their website through a direct download link. They It was supposed to be password protected, and it wasn't. Uh, the ESA told GamesIndustry.biz that they regret the occurrence and have removed the link. So this list included the names, the publications, home addresses, email addresses, and phone numbers of game journalists, streamers, YouTube creators... And analysts and investors, like, this is a huge fuck up. This is huge, massive fuck up because you're basically, they just doxed people who, by the way, in an industry where, let's face it, some fans get really, really unreasonably mad. I have had friends that I've already seen had to like change their phone numbers because of this leak, which is super not cool and was super avoidable. And what the fuck? Good question. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I have less energy for this one. <laughs> yeah. I, it, to be honest, it is hard to muster outrage for this when we yeah. just talked about that last um, issue. But it's also sorry your phone number got leaked after your video game party. Yeah. Well, they're in good. They're in good company with Equifax and Capital One, which both had similar breaches mm-hmm. recently. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm shocked. I've never been the victim of the. What was, was it? Comic Con or Pack? What was that con that where they were like, uh, like you signed up and then they, it started tweeting on your behalf? Ugh, I don't you remember, remember that? that at all. That sounds vaguely familiar. No, that that definitely happened. It, I think it was Comic-Con. So this this wasn't just like a regular screw-up. This could be a very costly screw-up. So if GDPR, the GDPR laws are uh, that get enforced in Europe, 
Uh, ESA could be liable for up to 20 million euros, uh, if they pursue a 20, it might be 220. I can't remember if it was 20 or 220. It's, it's a lot of money if they decide to pursue this because it is such a big, huge data breach, uh, with so many personal details. Like it's, it was really messed up and it was just tough because, you know, obviously we, we have a lot of friends in the industry. Uh, we follow a lot of these people like on Twitter and stuff and just to see everyone sort of freaking out like, oh fuck, uh, I just got doxxed by, this professional organization that I'm supposed to be able to trust with all this stuff. Uh, this is and this is neither here nor there, but like I, I spent the last week trying to get our website back up, and yeah. it it was just like, how much control do I have over all of this? And I'm not asking. We're not asking for a bunch of people's personal information. It's just like type in your thing so we know you're not a fucking Russian UGG boot dealer when you're trying to comment on PGA. <laughs> uh, it, it just like. But I, but I, I only feel for them in that that like they, they had a website that allowed people to sign up and they didn't really think about it any further than that and they didn't think about anyone's privacy and we should think about that more. Um, and and I, I, I don't know. I hope I hope this is fucked up. But like, we it was a different world when like we all started doing this, right? Yeah, I mean this this they thought they had it undercover. It was there was a vulnerability on the site where. So what this list was even for, this is so that um, people who attended the convention can like – they basically get a, a press list so that it's like they can follow up after the show and say, yeah, here's here's the press kit for the game you saw at the show. Yeah, or whatever. so how, you know, did like, this, how did this leak or uh... – It was on a site that was supposed to be password protected, but mm. if you had the direct download link, it, you would just grab the list okay. and download it. That is Bush League 14 years ago. <laughs> like – yeah. No, you yeah. you don't do that. We we have more hidden stuff with laser time than that horse shit. It's it, it is a list that it's it's like it's distributed to publishers and PR departments so that they have the contact info for the journalists, and I think the journalists have to opt in opt into it. I could be wrong about that, but that's that's what I read. I think it might be one of those things where by it's one of the things to get your press badges. You have to be on the list. I'm guessing, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, it's a huge breach. Um, the ESA, we, we've talked about them a few times in this past year. We've talked about E3 is E3 in trouble. And it's just like, this is just sort of another, another knock against, another strike, if you will. It's just like, come on, get, get, get your stuff together. What are you doing? Like, honestly, what are you doing? I blame video games. Video <sighs> games are responsible. It, it is Michael, Michael, it is watchdogs that is encouraging people to find leaks and <laughs> <laughs> commit subterfuge. We need to have a no, task no, force. No. <laughs> I mean, so I, I'm assuming most people on this list put like their publications address, you know, as like their work address. But a lot of the people on this list were like YouTubers, so that's probably like their yeah, that's probably like their home address, dude. Like that's mm-hmm. that's bad. That no, sucks. No, no, but that. like, remember, like if you're a member of the game community, you are a target for harassment. I inherited Seth Killian's old phone. And routinely got calls of people yelling at me. <laughs> Jesus. Um, and like, not even his old desk. It was just his number and like people would still find it. So like when you launch this shit on the internet to these, sorry, like gamers, you gotta, you, games are not responsible for, uh, for murder, but like, uh, you also suck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and not, not you guys listening. You're the good ones. Pick um, the stuff to get outraged about, you know? Um, yes. Or, or pick a degree. <laughs> A degree to be outraged by something. Take it down a few notches, you know. Um, yeah, it's, so we're talking about YouTubers and their details getting exposed or or Twitch streamers. So, uh, in other news, 
probably one of, if not the biggest Twitch streamer, Ninja, signed an exclusive deal with Mixer. He is no longer on Twitch. If you go to his Twitch channel, there's a picture that just says, the ninja you're looking for is in another castle. He is exclusive to Mixer. Like, go get your money, son. Go do it. You know, like, uh, I get the rumor, like, no one knows the exact figure, but... Uh, a, lot. a lot of numbers have been flying around. It's maybe like in the tens of millions of it's, dollars. It's Microsoft this. money. It's going to be a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. like, it's like Microsoft. Remember, Mixer, not shitting on it. I have tons of friends who work there, uh, is a thing that didn't need to exist. <laughs> well, but it does. No, I think it does. Cause like, no, no, no. Competition but is good. No. Competition is a good thing. You right. don't want just Twitch doing their thing. Right. right. My, but, but it is, it, it, it did come about because Microsoft saw something was making money and decided to make their own. And, sure. And, and, they, and they did make steps to like, well, here's what they're not doing. And they're, do, they're doing a good job in, in, in that, on that level. But like competition, I, I, I feel weird because, like, I don't give a fuck about Ninja or Fortnite or anything he does or says, including murder. And and and, <laughs> but the idea. But a lot of people do care about. No, no, what no, he does, no, no. I'm saying, but the, but it. I was ecstatic over him leaving mm. because that's that. Like, I, I'm sorry, I, I've 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 uh, Laser Time has made a little bit of its money on YouTube. If any form, if any uh, company would create a competitor to YouTube on that level, I would get really excited because YouTube sucks for creators. And I haven't heard the same thing about Twitch, but I also like to, to if you want to make a living on Twitch, it's a lot harder. Uh, it, 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 it always has been. So when, if a company wants to be competitive and lure people over to its platform, this is a good start. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing is if you want to bring over viewers, like, it's basically like content is king. And so to sign like one of the biggest streamers out there and have him come to your platform exclusively, I think his subs are already up like over a million people on Mixer and Mixer like signups skyrocketed, skyrocketed. the day this was announced. So like, yeah, like, like yeah, a it's lot like, of people it's are like just, if you've I, worked at one of these companies, like whatever they paid him was totally worth it because they got yeah. exactly what they now, to, now to spend that money on seriously. marketing, on advertising would have gotten them like a quarter of that. Yeah, right. And so it's um, I, I don't know if you guys have ever used Mixer that much, but it's it, so from what I hear from a streamer side of things, actually, technologically, it is sort of the better platform. Like the latency is way better than Twitch. Yeah. Like there's there's more you can do. It's it's the quality of the video is really good uh, from a viewer point of view. I mean, I've watched it when I'm on my Xbox and all this stuff seems fine. It's it's just like other streams and other it's, places. It's been a long time since I've been able to rant about Twitch, a platform that helps no one stream on it and helps no one make a better quality stream. And almost every platform was better than Twitch, but Twitch got there first. Um, or should I say Justin TV? And so there, there, there are Justin steps, Bailey TV. Just there, there's, there are steps sure. to be made in this medium and, and like, no, I didn't see a way for anyone else to crack it. Again, I know, I know some people who work over there and like, and, and, and they have faith in their product, but it's just still like, it's still like a crapshoot. Cause usually in the internet, like the first person to get there and, and continue growing, um, the first person to not be friendster gets to stick around. And, and, and this is a shot at the bow I never expected. It's as if Betamax and HD DVD had signed exclusivity with all of Disney's catalog or something like that. Like you bring over content, people are going to come to your platform. Well, Blu-ray yeah. did, and that's kind of what did it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not here to say Mixer is about to surpass Twitch in terms of viewers and all that stuff, but it's like, it's nice to know no. <laughs> there's a competitor we can take seriously and Wait, go, oh, okay. But did, did, but did, did you read further into the article of like, 
subscribe to Ninja. This for the next month it's free and then it's five ninety nine. Like what I don't know how much any of this shit costs. What are you talking about? Yeah, like, no, he you can subscribe to someone on on Twitch. You right. can uh but I think it, so you get like one free a month if you're an Amazon Prime member yes. and that's the only way I've ever really done it, but it's with no ads and such and such. But like it, And he was down to like 15,000 monthly subscribers on Twitch, down way down from like his peak at one point which was like over 100,000. So but he wasn't making his money off subscribe subscribers anyway. Like no. his money's probably made from like paid sponsorship deals and and maybe ad revenue. I think yeah, at that point you're a partner so he's probably getting ad revenue on all of his videos and stuff, so yeah, but uh, that was a big acquisition uh, that people all of a sudden are like, if, if like, and then other people have expressed interest, like Dr. Disrespect has been like, oh yeah, I would sign a deal like that. For real. So if you're Mixer and you can all of a sudden get, it has to be more than just Ninja. You got to have like, you know, kind of a stable of these guys and build them up. Like, yeah, all of a sudden now you will have big viewership and now people will take you more seriously. And Yeah, I, I, know, I, I know more about YouTube and I love making videos for people and I would... I would be much more excited to do that on a platform that wasn't YouTube because mm. they, they've done nothing but tell, but tell most content creators like, well, if you don't work for Viacom, you probably have another year in this business. <laughs> and, and so like, so somebody, somebody else to come along and to like come at YouTube. I, I'm shocked that Microsoft is coming at Twitch. Something you thought like, who would build competition to that? Sorry, I, I'm, I'm babbling. Um, no, you're not. It's great. Um, here's something you're going to babble about though. There's a little game called DuckTales Remastered that uh, one of us has worked on in his time in the industry, at least. Michael, uh, If you disclosure. like it, you better go get it now because it's not going to be around for sale much longer. It'll be gone uh, by the time this episode goes up. Uh, no, I think there's a couple places. Uh, you're probably right, actually, now that I look no, at No, 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 but, but here's, the th- here's the thing. Uh, I have never had this much access to Targets and Walmarts. That shit is all over the place. And it's like two dollars. You mean physical? Physical. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the nice thing, whenever stuff like this happens, usually there's like a sale to close it out, and so I think you can get it right now for like four dollars on the digital storefronts. And if you get, and I I didn't say this, and we had a nice conversation on Laser Time with uh, with I I really appreciate you guys. Thank you, Ricardo, for bringing up uh, a topic that I actually gave a fuck. I like I just love this game. I worked really hard on like on part of it. I didn't make the game. I'm not. Just worked really hard with the team. You know how that goes, uh, yeah, and it's a yeah. it's a it's a pet project. That uh, fuck, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> well, was it was it along the lines of this is an argument for physical over digital? Well, that's what we were, that's that's what we were talking that about. But like, uh, but um, we were talking about on the Laser Time Facebook community. But I think the reality is, f- physically and digitally, this game was available longer than the original Ducktales ever was. Yeah, and that's and true. like, yeah. and if you want if you want to point blame at someone. Point blame at Disney for not having a legitimate game division because then it'll always be licenses. Uh, do you know what never goes out of print? Arkham Asylum. Yeah, it's a, because it's WB available. Owns it. It's yeah. it, right. It's it, because WB built out a fucking interactive division that that will always be able to have its games out there. Disney yeah. hasn't bothered to do that. Um, yeah, anything licensed goes away eventually. That's true. So so that so that means so that means that like. So that means like anything you want to see with a Disney property, including Marvel and Star Wars, is going to have to be a temporary license with someone. And and like it, and so if you think about this as something you love, Star Wars, you love Marvel. This is something special. Things that are special don't last forever. They're not special. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, real quick, it, it is going to be removed from most storefronts. God, you might be able to get it if you listen to this in the morning. This comes out. So it's leaving August 9th for most places, August 8th on the Xbox, which that's the only one that was backwards compatible, so you could still kind of more easily play it. But if you bought it, you'll be able to download it and keep playing it. It's not one of those deals where you can't re-download it or anything. If you get it on anything other than Steam and Xbox, you're a moron. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you, Steve, buy if you want to kind of feature proof, get it on Steam. Yeah. I am allowed to punch you when I see you. Because <laughs> you don't care about game preservation because you your Wii U will not be plugged in for very long. It takes up oh, too much man, space. Again. And... Get to punch me again. Michael has been kicked out, so I can say anything I want about DuckTales unrestrictedly. <laughs> here, but here, here uh, so here's the, the dumb theory I posed in the laser time community. Uh, mm. well what well, yeah, I stand by that. Something very special doesn't necessarily last forever it's it's been that way with a lot of things like we like whenever i talk about roger rabbit like that that's something if you're a gamer you would be used to not being available like (laughs) too many too many deals had to be signed we should never be able to see that again and the fact that we can is like odd we should never forget that like i hate to say it but it's also one of those deals like if you really wanted to play this game wouldn't you have bought it and played it by now? Like it's, it's one of those things. It's like, yeah, it's going away. It's been around for several years now. Like what were you waiting for? Just go do it. Yeah. And, and and like, I I understand the argument of like physical games are better because they're mine forever. And like, we like maybe I'm older like than most people listening, but like I, we should really acknowledge if like, if you're not hooked up to my television, the odds of me playing you goes down like 90%. Yeah. There's also, there's also like physical isn't foolproof. Like there is like uh, degradation and like bit rot and things actually do occur with physical media. So it's not foolproof. Like that stuff goes, I mean, the easiest way to see it, have you ever burned like a CD using like a cheap CDR? Yes. Uh, yes. DVD X copy was running in my house almost 24 <laughs> seven for yeah, a that long, shit, long time. That shit will stop working uh, after just a few years, like yeah, two or three years. And the compression it's like, technology is, isn't even recognized by like modern not everything lasts forever. It doesn't. Well, I'm just mean, even talking about like the plastic of that CDR oh, no, will no. not last for, for this, very this long. This is an it's... accident. Like uh, my ADD brain meant to bring up on bonus time that I have a DVD I've kept immaculate care of, a standard definition DVD from like 20 years ago, and it just my my sister's boyfriend borrowed it, and like it just didn't work. And what are you gonna do? <laughs> like it, uh, I bought yeah. physical media, it just didn't it just didn't work. Uh, I bought it. I, I even own a digital copy of it's twenty thousand leagues under the sea, by the way. And I love I thought it. Have that DVD. Love yeah, it. I, oh, the, the double disc one. It's one of the best live action yep. DVDs Disney ever put out. Yep, and right next to my copy of Darby McGill and the Little People. Oh, Sean Connery in his best wig ever. He, oh god. my god, he's so good looking in that movie. Jesus, yeah, I, I love that. Like everybody recognizes him as good looking so much. They're like, we really got to get this bald guy on camera, and he's wearing a wig in like every movie. And <laughs> he looks good, man. He looks. He does. He looks that good. I don't think, I don't think I, there's no part of my body that's corroding that you could slap a patch on like that and I would still be attractive. (laughs) Sean Connery had it. Of course he did. Yeah. And, and, and and DuckTales is one of the, like, one of the most, like, I don't know, legit things that I'm proud of working on. I'm saying that because, like, Laser Time's a little tiny pirate ship that, uh, (laughs) that runs around the status quo and it's, it's something that, like, even people I know don't know that I do. But everyone knows DuckTales. And um, it, it's just like – I think I said in that, that post when I was talking to Ricardo and some other folks that like it, it's 
Capcom's better than almost anyone about bringing back their licensed games. It's a miracle this game ever came back. Yeah, the Disney collection is still there, which, so here's your chance, by the way. Uh, that won't be there forever, so if you really want the Disney collection, go buy that now, because that's yeah, always you, on sale, too. You, you don't have Castle of Illusion. You don't have none of the Konami Tiny Toons games. They're gone, and they will never, ever, ever come back. But this one, but, like, people at Capcom, having worked there, like, gave a shit and, like, kept sort of pushing Disney on it. And then eventually Disney got really excited about it. But that, but that was all before the new DuckTales. Which mm-hmm. I'm not blaming for anything. That's what you brought up in that thread. That that's show right. you were is great. About the new yes. Well, because that's the thing. That's the thing. Let, you let me know, Matt, as a professional, if I should not say this. Um, Go ahead. Um, <laughs> uh, licenses expire, and when you're yes. like, again, this will, this is not the case with Batman games. Warner Brothers makes Batman games. They're going to be available as long as they're made under Warner Brothers. They'll be available forever. In I worked at Capcom and Marvel vs. Capcom 3 was uh, delisted. And we did our best to teach people where to, here's what you need to download, make sure you validate all your DLC, and it should be available forever, and it was. And um, it just you didn't even have to like log on to your Xbox. You just go to the website and make sure everything's connected. You'll have access to this content forever. And, and, and forever, for me, doesn't mean shit with a console, by the way. Like, unless you're doing it through Steam, uh, a console cycle is 10 years. That's just the way it is. And I love the convenience of the digital games. Anyway. Yeah. Digital What What do you think about the argument of um, the stuff like this when people say, well, this is why we have to not pirate games, but basically preserve games and why, why the emulation, like the emulation community, a lot of the time will like point to shit like this and be like, this is why we have to emulate is because this stuff's no longer available, but we make it so that it can always be available in some way, shape or form. Do you buy, I, I, buy I, I admire uh, preservationists. I don't give a flying fuck about collectors. I care about accessibility and preservation. I don't give a fuck about you needing a game you'll never play in your game collection because yeah, I have a ton of those. Just and drive I... up the market, and we were just talking about you know Metal Wolf Chaos uh, mm-hmm. before it got this release. It's like that thing was super expensive because yeah, collectors. You could drove rob that price my up. house right now and take literally two hundred Xbox three hundred and sixty games, and my life wouldn't budge. It just I it would not matter. There's like three games where that would matter, and usually those handful of games I can go back and replay whenever I like. It's not like, it's not a huge deal. I don't like things being inaccessible and I don't, but, but thanks to emulation, like nothing's really gone, hopefully. But, uh, but the bright side I was putting on DuckTales, cause from what I remember, um, this, I, I, I really am debating about telling this story cause, uh, working at Capcom, Marvel's of Capcom three, that license has run out and sort of like why? And like, you know, no one's really telling me that because it's not, any of my business but like uh i remember we were working on ducktales and all of a sudden uh a ducktales app game appeared in the the store and we're like there's another ducktales game uh you weren't gonna tell us like <laughs> like you know how much we paid for this license and so you know that matt and you can or at least understand what i'm saying some people pay for licenses exclusively Yes. So MVC yes. three, MVC three, from what I heard through the grapevine, was disappearing because there was a Marvel fighting game, uh, being made, and either that game has never come to fruition or it was Ubisoft's Avengers Battle for Earth, which is a very technically a this fighting. This is game. this is all very pure speculation. I don't have any insider knowledge. I don't here, know but this. 
Okay, yes, but to, so so sort of another example that you could be onto something is, uh, do you remember uh, Marvel Infinite, the uh, the action RPG online game that was out and then just kind of got shut down? I want to say absolutely. like two years ago. It seemed odd to me that it was not too long after that got shut down. Marvel Ultimate Alliance three was announced, and so uh-huh. that was one of those things. I was like, hmm, maybe. They wanted to get the licensing fee for a different action RPG. And so, just, like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm calmer and I'm an adult. And that DuckTales remastered game is a wonderful salute to everything that was important about that DuckTales game. It, 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 DuckTales remastered is what you would have dreamed the DuckTales game from 89 should have been. It's beautiful. It is. It's an. It's a cartoon. It's a playable cartoon. Yeah, with, with all the original voice actors, two of which are no longer with us. It, like we got right. them. We got them on the last year of their lives to record oh. that dialogue. So like it's. It's just. It's too glorious to think about for me to be mad that it's going away because once again, it was available physically and digitally longer than you could ever buy Ducktales one or two on the NES. <laughs> Ducktales two is one of the most the biggest collectors item for disappearing for thirty years. And, and and so the the optimism I felt is that the new Ducktales show is so fucking good that I I as a huge Ducktales fan am so much more excited for what what I have to assume what I'm just guessing a game with the old Ducktales cast in 2019 doesn't make a ton of sense I'm more excited about that game a new game with the new show and the new cast and a new developer I think that really excites me. And who knows? Maybe it'll be, maybe it'll be Capcom and Way Forward working together again. I sincerely doubt it. But, uh, <laughs> oh, man. but like, but like love that, it. that, no, 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 I, that was not me casting trauma. It's just like, no, no, I, I would, I think we would all love it. But yeah, that's, it sort of feels out of reach at this point. I don't know it why. Just, it seems too much for me to hope for because of how well I think both companies, all three companies made the last game. And I, if I were another company, I would be putting in a high bid. For DuckTales, the new show, to make a game out of that. And I don't want to put that game on the market if it's competing with something that sits there forever. Mm-hmm. Does something that make sense? Something that's really well regarded that you're going to be compared to that, that yeah. is always – it is one of the uh, video game apocalypse top 200 games of all time is well regarded. So I, I thought that was a fascinating way to think about it. The idea that like Warner Brothers will never, ever, ever take down Arkham City to sell another Batman game because it owns everything. But as long as Disney doesn't have its shit together and isn't making it, doesn't have its own studio, it'll be licensing stuff and these will continue to disappear. And I hate that. I do hate that. But like, it's Disney's fault. It is. Yeah. Like they, who has more money than Disney? Get your shit together. Buy a company. You've done it before, before you shuttered them. <laughs> yeah, they, they do it every few years. Like I, it's, they do. It's going to happen. It'll probably happen again. We only have one more news story and it's one that, I don't actually think Michael has a lot to say about, but I have a lot to say about it, and I think you will too, Chris. Oh. Uh, Ukes, longtime partner uh, and developer yes. of the WWE series, has parted ways with 2K. That's pretty nuts. They are they are focusing instead on new wrestling IP, which I really wonder if that means the new wow. Japan wrestling Sorry, game I didn't or hear AEW. That. I didn't hear that new that new wrinkle. Holy shit! It's never been yeah. a more interesting time for wrestling as Billy Corrigan relaunches the NWA. Yes, I saw that. NWA has a TV show. That statement might sound like I had a stroke, but it's real. It's, it's what's <laughs> it's, happening right it's now. It's real. Yes, former part owner of Impact Wrestling, Billy Corgan. Mm-hmm. I don't really know at this point anymore yeah. um, because I stopped paying attention. The perpetuator of the shakedown of 1979, Billy Corgan. 
I am paying attention to AEW wrestling, so I'm wondering if that's the IP, or most likely, I mean, Yux is based in Japan. It's probably New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is been on fire the past several well, it's, years. It's, and... Isn't that cool? It's about options. The idea that we have more than yep. one wrestling thing on TV at the same time, and we have competitions. Good, yeah. Man. That, that you can good. go somewhere else. I bet they felt Sonic teamed. Let's say a little trapped. So I think. If my understanding is correct, like the way they would break this down is Ukes was mostly responsible for like the wrestling engine itself. And then Visual Concepts was a lot more like the presentation layer uh, of the game in terms of art and sound and stuff like that. So now the series will be completely developed by Visual Concepts in-house for 2K and Ukes can go off and do whatever it is they're doing. I think what really interests me about this is like this – for years, we've been talking about like, man, this series needs either like a reset or a break or something because it just – it's a little bit like Madden. It just keeps on trucking and they don't really have time to stop and reboot things or develop a new engine. Yeah. So maybe with this alternate IP game, Ukes might be doing like a new engine, which could be super cool. Or maybe Visual Concepts will do that next year. I don't know. I find the timing a little weird because even though we know someone on the inside, mm-hmm. I think you just learned the cycle of a WWE game. Well, here's what's wild. It's it applies to this year's game. They just no, they were able doesn't. to keep it. It does. It's two K twenty. Okay, then I'm wrong. It's two K. That's what's wild. It's two K twenty. They were able to kind of keep that. That should be out in a month. Are you kidding? Yeah, yeah. That that the thing comes out. I think. Well, that's it's. I didn't put it in the news, but it's now available for pre order. And the cover athletes for that one, um, it is Becky, the man, Lynch, and Roman Reigns, which is going to be awesome. But anyway, uh, so yeah, no Ukes. It's it's weird. This is like Ukes was working on those games when they were still with THQ before the whole two K games. You've been playing a Ukes game annually for like twenty years, right? Yeah, dude, it's wild. So, so yeah, that is a long time partnership that is now dissolved but i'm anxious to see what yukes does anxious to see what direction visual concepts takes the series in uh and like chris was saying it's rad to have options we all options are good competition is good let's uh yeah looking forward to it um well that is all the news gentlemen that is fit to play Hooray, and I'm back, and we can talk about the community segment which is always is segmenting our, our community. community uh last week's Question of the week, as you might remember, was what's your favorite creative solution or workaround to a common game problem? For example, uh, you don't you don't just want to put up invisible walls, so why not put up a bunch of ocean and some sharks that eat people yep. who try to venture too far out? Um, because of the technical problems we had with the site, uh, we didn't collect that many answers this week uh, because the show went up too late, but um, we do have some answers from uh, VigigamePocalypse.com Hickenlooper Mario Land 2 The Six Golden Write-In Votes Wow. I'm more impressed uh, that you can read that, uh, really. uh (laughs) It's a skill. I'm shocked that I didn't realize... Well, Actually, because he said Mario, uh, I'm shocked uh, that I didn't realize (laughs) till just recently the clouds and bushes in the original Super Mario Bros. are the exact same shape, just colored differently. Mm -hmm. Or that the mushroom sound effect is just the flagpole music slowed down. Tricks like this and ways developers cut down on space in original NES games are so cool to read and think about. The book I Am Era by Nathan Altice goes over a few more. Yes. Um, yeah, if you were into that kind of stuff, uh, a lot of the Iwata asks, because he was a programmer before he originally, before he ran Nintendo, he talks a lot about those types of tricks he would do to conserve on memory. And I didn't, 
when I thought of this question last week, I didn't even think of those kind of like kind of tricks, hacks, workarounds, whatever you want to say. Like that's that is the perfect example of it. We palette swapping a cloud in a bush, and now you got two assets yeah. out of one. That's really cool. I saw a great one on an LCD game a while ago, which was like a Mr. Do LCD game, and that like what? every 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 spot on the board that was occupied by Mr. Do, like the empty space around him, would also light up to become like the enemies. That was the enemy sprite on this old LCD mm. game. It was like, oh, that's that's cool design. Yeah. Anyway, as the bigger Mr. Biggest Mr. Do fan in the world, I am just shocked to hear any of this. Uh, from the official laser time facebook community jason cromer says mr rossetti the most hilarious animal crossing character exists purely to discourage save scumming i loved going down in his house at night and messing with shit just to piss him off yeah yeah fuck that guy yeah mr rossetti is a great example of like i mean it's a weird workaround that they ended up probably having to put a ton of work into writing his lines and all of that stuff but Mm -hmm. uh yeah basically just to prevent one problem which is resetting if something bad happened uh, throughout that day in your game yes a character to let you know we know you're cheating and i just want to say he is the only animal crossing amiibo i own which when we write the history of amiibos animal crossing killed it oh and he's and he's retired now he's not going to be in the next one they already said so is, is his amiibo just sticking up out of the ground, or is it a full figure? No. <laughs> yeah, no, it is sticking up out of the ground, yeah. He, we see oh, no okay, legs. Nice, nice. It would have been great if it was the full figure with just, like, a round piece of ground around his waist, like a like a tube <laughs> from a pool or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kelly Ryan says, I like it when games uh, cleverly hide load times, like the extra rooms in Symphony of the Night, or the doors in Resident Evil. Yeah. <laughs> was that cleverly hidden? <laughs> well, you know, something um, to look at. All right. Uh, Metroid Prime also cleverly hid its load times behind the doors. Uh, sometimes, if you go too fast, a door won't open if you shoot it. Uh, that is because whatever is behind is, to, is still loading. Uh, it makes the game feel like more of a seamless, the seamless masterpiece that it is. And I'm just mm. remembering playing Metal Wolf Chaos and like it has this dash maneuver and like, even in the remaster, like I'm dashing too hard for the game. The game does not want me to move as fast as it's allowing me to. Yeah, and I love doing this to this dumb game. There is one spot in the Tower of Destiny Two without fail. If you run there too fast and then jump, it's right before some steps heading up. It will just hang the game in load for like a good ten seconds, where your character will float in the air. And the best part is, you can see it doing it to other players sometimes too. It's the damnedest thing. It's like, what is happening right now? Like, yeah. So that game still has load times. And that and that's my theory why Mr. Rossetti disappeared because the the next Nintendo Animal Crossing will function a lot more like Destiny than Animal Crossing. Mm. You mean connected online and stuff? It'll be connected to a clock that uh, Nintendo holds, not that your system holds. I hate to admit it, I am an Animal Crossing time traveler. I like to get shit done in that game, and I don't like the artificial time limit of waiting for shit. Ooh, you about to admit to some cheaty weedies? I am a cheaty weedy on the cheater show. <laughs> I cheated Animal Crossing and I fucking love it. Oh well. That's what should have been on G4. God, I also completely love it that in Stardew Valley, you can reset at any time. Let's say like you lost a bad, a really good item and it will not punish you for that. It's great. You just lose the time that you spent nice. that day. Uh, final one is Jose Pedro Avalos who says, I remember how in the very first Wing Commander, every time you exited the game, you would receive the message, thank you for playing Wing Commander. 
Turns out, the message wasn't made out of the kindness of the creator's hearts, but rather because there was a memory crash every time the game exited. (laughs) The game was ready to go gold. There was no time left, and they went, Oh shit, we need to do something now! And boom, instead of fixing the error, they just changed the error message for something very polite, and that was the end of it. Special mention to the fog in Silent Hill. It was made to mask the draw distance of the PS1, creating in the process a key component of the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, there was actually a story like that in uh, in Walt Williams' book uh, Significant Zero. He talks about working on the console version of Serious Sam, and that they, they get to the end boss and they realize, like, oh shit, nobody put the end boss into this game and we need to ship it post-haste. And, and they had this plan for, like, this alien overlord that was going to attack you. They, they didn't have time to put it together. So it just suggests, like, uh, what if we, like, so you get to the end boss's pyramid right now and that's it. Uh, what if the pyramid is the end boss and it just pops up on treads and attacks you? And so that's, <laughs> that's what they came up with as a last-minute workaround. <laughs> It's go. one of the greatest games of all time. It, mm-hmm. it is my Love favorite it. shooter, like old school shooter next to Doom 1 and 2. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Don't need no story. So, new question of the week. What's a game you just couldn't beat without cheat codes, and what codes did you use to get by? Um, I'm going to go with the low-hanging fruit and say Contra. I have never been able to get through that game uh, without the 30 lives code, um, because I suck at just getting through a huge game with three lives, and that game feels a whole lot bigger if you don't have 30 lives. Yep. Uh, Contra was going to be my first answer, but I'll go with my second. Um, How about Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, where I could... I could get there and I eventually did beat Tyson, but I couldn't do it in one shot. And so they're not really cheat codes, but I did rely on the code that brings you back to a certain point in the game just so I could come back and try to fight much like a Dark Souls boss. Like I'm going to come back tomorrow and try to fight Tyson and beat him. And and I finally was able to. But yeah, I did rely on rely on those codes, which if you were a cheater, you could just eventually get and they would work for everyone and take you to that safe spot. So I, I remember two things very specifically. I think I still remember the codes. Uh, Bubble Bobble. Do we all remember Bubble Bobble? Bubble Bobble is a game that should still be a franchise. It's glorious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's uh, it's a it's a, the perfect weirdo platformer. And um, if you actually can get to the end of the game, which is really hard, it's like a hundred levels with three lives. Uh, it says. Ah, bad ending, beat the game with a friend. And I'm like, I don't have any friends. Did you hear my gun <laughs> rant? Uh, like, I, and so, like, I remember memorizing the code of uh, DDDB, and that will take you to the last boss, and it'll tell you to beat it with a friend, and it'll give you the code EECJJ. And Bubble Bobble also had a cheat. Uh, if you had a second controller plugged into the NES, you could spawn another player. So if you were about to kill the boss... Pause the game, spawn another player, <laughs> and you could, lo- as a very lonely kid, uh, beat Bubble Bubble with a good end. Um, a recent game did that that I probably, well, I, okay, so I didn't use this cheat, but I heard people did. Cuphead had that, where if you were about to die, you could have a second player join in and basically carry you, because as long as one of you was alive, it wouldn't restart the level. So that that kind of workaround exists to this day in hard games. And, and I, I also remember very vividly uh, Mega Man 2 and 3, 
Um, I remember, like, I remember, I, I had my parents offered to buy me the first game I got for a good report card, which never would have happened if not for the offer of an NES game. And all my friends said, "Get Mega Man Two, you idiot! It's so good." And I became like uh, almost cool for a week because I had Mega Man Two, and no one else did. And Mega Man Two was hard initially. It was not Mario. Um, it was it was a little difficult. And I remember looking up online the code. Um, shit, uh, what is it? Oh, I just had it. A one B two. C1, C5, no, C1, C3. I can remember how to get, like, uh, to Dr. Wiley's uh, levels. And, and what I like about it is that it's not, it's, it's, it's more like a compensation for a save system. So you jump to Dr. Wiley's levels, and then what happens, uh, right before you meet Dr. Wiley, everyone who's played a Mega Man game, you fight all the bosses over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So, by the time I went through the game organically, through cheating, uh, I, <laughs> I was really good at the bosses, even with like my fucking, uh, with, with, with the buster. And, uh, I got really good at Mega Man 2. And to this day, I can just like play through it without like, without any emotions, uh, like without, without like without wincing at all every, once a year. And, and it's not a cheat code, but I wanted to give a shout out to Mega Man 3. Cause do you remember that? Like the, the falling in the pit trick? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I was about to bring that up. We got a clipboard, and if you were, if you're playing as Mega Man on the first controller, jump in the pit as Mega Man, and only like I think six out of the nine levels, and we're holding right on the second controller. Maybe you didn't have a friend, and I didn't. Uh, use a clipboard to hold it down. You fall in the pit, your life will drain, the music will stop, and you become invincible, and you can just kind of finish the game like that. It's mm. such a weird thing. Like, I, I don't think that's a cheat. I don't think anybody built that on purpose. Uh, it, but it it's, might just it's be a bug or like a memory thing. Yeah, that, that's probably, we, yeah, I shouldn't have mentioned it. My bad. Mega Why? Man. What do you I mean? It, it counts. I was thinking about it. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just glad we all did that. Like, god damn it. Yeah. It's not, it's, I, I, I don't, I don't have any, uh, I swear I don't, I don't have, uh, I hate the new Lion King and I have no, there's no points for me for just being nostalgic, but like when we all did a stupid thing in a game because we <laughs> had no idea how else to beat it, that just makes me laugh so fucking hard. Uh, we would make fun of each other endlessly if we cheated at like the new Call of Duty single player, right? Oh yeah. Like mm. we would never do that now, but like, uh, but years and years and years ago we all cheated because games are hard as shit. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, honestly, I might do it with a Call of Duty single-player game if I was frustrated with it, just because, like, yeah, I I like going through and seeing those stories. I want a cheat that makes every character Keith David. (laughs) That would be awesome. Next next Saints Row, make it happen. Yeah, yeah. All right, so what's a game that you couldn't be without a cheat, and how did you cheat to get through it? Let us know. Go to vidgigameapocalypse.com and answer under the article for episode 328. Alternately, you can go to the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There will be a thread there where you can answer, or you can just hit us up on Twitter at VGApocalypse. So that's been our show. Let's go with some quick plugs. Chris, what do you got? Oh man, I have no idea where I am with the backlog of podcasts, but um, lots of great thirty twenty ten stuff. Let's talk about the sixth sense, shall we? Um, that 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 also reminds me of an internetless world in a what feels like a more kind world, where there's a movie out that uh, is PG, so everyone can see it, and 
it's a it's a goal for everyone not to spoil this for everyone. They're like, just go see it, man. Mm-hmm. And Sixth Sense is like, like I think Diana put it, it's like it's not just one of the highest grossing movies of the year. It's nominated for an Oscar. Oh wow! Um, so yeah. like, it, it was it was a big deal, and 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 I love that period of M Night Shyamalan stuff. And uh, this week's Laser Time, having been a week late, is uh is all about overshadowed, um, overshadowed stars. <laughs> okay. Um, like, well, well, well. What if Mario and Sonic weren't always the mascot for their respective companies? Oh yes. Okay. What if there were people before that? What if Mickey Mouse is accidentally the corporate figurehead of of Disney? What if Kermit the Frog didn't deserve his spot as the head of the Muppets? Um, there are alternate timelines with real facts uh, we can speculate on. And I, I'm doing the worst job of selling this episode that I put a very long time to put together. Uh, but, but, uh, it's, it's, it's really, really fun. Besides, none of you guys have ever heard the Rolf album. Uh, that's true. Anyway, yeah. anyway, uh, and, and 3020, I uh, know I plugged every, oh, and bonus time this week, we are talking about, um, uh, we, like, Crawl, we just saw the movie Crawl. We talked about that a little bit on the Video Game Apocalypse. And I won a Pee Wee's Big Adventure, uh, trivia contest and I sort of wish somebody would murder me now because that was my first favorite movie <laughs> and I proved I liked it the most <laughs> so like I think I'm done I could spend all day arguing in, in forums on Twitter I no I did it I won you've peaked I'm you've best. accomplished your dream from when you were uh, 10 years old congratulations it was it was never my dream but it was somewhat it's somewhat validating as I teeter on the edge of 40 that this beautiful movie I loved uh, I beat Another, I uh, beat several other men who loved it in a man who wrote questions to trick me. I still got it. Thank you to the Get Up. Thanks to me for listening to the Get Up Kids in uh, 1997. It's because you're a loner, Dottie. A rebel. Thank you, PW. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if you are a fan of professional wrestling, do I have some news for you? Oh, yes. The return of Cheap Podcast, the Laser Times unprofessional podcast about professional wrestling, hosted by me, Matthew Allen, and T.L. Foster, friend of the show. So we just released an episode that is available both in the Patreon feed as well as the free feed that just kind of explains how we're going to do this, how often you can expect episodes. Um, we talk about all of that stuff. And this week, we have the SummerSlam preview show coming out but it's only available to patrons at the five dollar a month level or above so if you're not subscribed if you love pro wrestling if you want to hear us talk about it go to patreon.com slash laser time and subscribe at the five dollars or more level do not worry though because after SummerSlam, which is this sunday we will have the review show for free in the free feed so if you have unsubscribed from the old cheap podcast feed go resubscribe we will be there next week for free with our review of the show but if you really want to know our predictions and to hear how wrong tl and i will be about basically fantasy booking the show go become a patreon subscriber subscribe at the five dollar more level and you will get that preview show exclusive to patrons and then go ahead and follow me i'm at maddie c allen on twitter and then go ahead and follow cheap podcast we are at cheap podcast on twitter nice and patreon.com slash laser time to hear all that shit by the way i forgot ah, to yes mention. yes that's mm. very important mm-hmm. um yeah patreon.com slash laser time can't overstate that enough mm-hmm. um but uh as always you can 
Follow us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse or me personally at Wikipars, and I will occasionally endeavor to say funny things on Twitter. That's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Uh, that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. You want to record that last line again? <laughs> yeah, sorry. That's been our show. Th- One more time. <laughs>